Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I am. I kills men by the hundreds, and I consume the English with fireballs from my eyes and bolts of lightning from my arse. I was granted these powers by the wizard Merlin, and Jesus himself tasked me to fight the English. Will you fight? Fight against that? No, we'll run, and we will live. I fight, and you may die. Run, and you'll live. But I have a robot from the future who has armed me with the Sword of Kings Excalibur. We cannot lose! But the English have dragons and armed rabid monkeys who like to bugger. Aye, they do. And they may bugger us with their monkeys. But they won't bugger our freedom! Yeah, the only thing this movie buggers is historical accuracy. But it's more historically accurate than the movie Braveheart. True. Oh no! The monkeys! Then they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Hello everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, even if that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is still 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Nope. Hey, Steve. Mm-hmm. What historically accurate movie that doesn't give the wrong impression about uh, some very important events to the Scottish people? <laughs> That we're reviewing this time around. Oh boy, it is the 1995 quote historical unquote epic film, Braveheart. Oh, you mean Robert the Bruce? No, William Wallace. Because Braveheart was generally attributed to Robert the Bruce. Oh, Robert the Bruce is in this. Oh, he is? Yeah. And he is the revered hero, one of the revered heroes of, of Scotland, No, right? no, no. He's, so kind he's of, like... He's kind of like a cowardly scumbag. Uh, oh. Who betrays okay. the hero multiple times and then feels bad about it and kind of tries to make up for it right at the end. Oh. Yeah. And this is a well-liked movie? People uh, like it? Apparently so, yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. We're watching Brave Braveheart. Braveheart. And even the title is historically inaccurate. Hey, Steve. Yeah. I'm not... No. No? No. We're not doing this? I can't. I, there's no way. I have never... Oh, Steve, I like history. I wouldn't say I'm a history buff, per se, but I have a fairly decent knowledge of world history, European history. Sure. But this movie... <laughs> this movie makes me very angry, and... Um, I'm hoping that it's not overriding me being able to go, oh, well, I'll just throw all that out and just view it as a movie. Who cares if it's historically accurate and based, supposed to be based on real events, right? right? But I don't think the struggle between my anger at the basic abuse of history is... is <laughs> I think that's going to win, Steve. It's going to win. Well, if, if this makes you feel any better, and I don't okay. know if it will, because, you know, right. it's people are different, and sometimes you and I disagree on movies. And, you better you know, not disagree with me on this movie, Oh, oh I, I don't. That's not, what I, that's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. I won't be able to take no, it. No, no, no. Hey, we're on the same page as far as the we overall. We better be, because okay. if we get to the end and go, but <laughs> overall, I think it was a very no, no, no. good movie. I'm not going there. points well. I, would, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you. But I just wanted to point out that I was willing to set aside any concerns I may have had about the historical inaccuracy of the film, and mm -hmm. and it didn't help. 
No, so it didn't. Don't feel I too mean, bad. I mean, I'm going along going, oh, like, let's just pretend that this is fake made-up bullshit. What's now called historical fiction. Like yeah. one of my favorite movies, Master and Commander. Right. That's all just historical fiction. But the people who made that bothered to do research so that it wasn't historically inaccurate as far as the ships and what was going on and stuff. They got a couple of things off. Did you know that Master and Commander originally, it was going to be an English ship against an American ship? Is that what was in the books? I didn't know that. But Americans were funding the fucking thing, so <laughs> guess what they did? We're changing that. No, 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 That's no. That's being changed right now. <laughs> we're the good guys. <laughs> okay, fine. Fuck it. Fine. Hey, Steve. Yes? I bet you have a ton of trivia oh, boy. about this fucking thing, so I, please. I do, and and actually the, the first two pieces of trivia I have to share pertain to the fact that, as you just said, this movie is somewhat historically inaccurate. <laughs> what do you mean it's completely inaccurate just from a top little? to bottom? <laughs> it's... They got some names right, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just started changing names, too. They got some names right. They also got some names wrong for really dumb reasons. Uh, but whatever. That's actually not one of my trivia pieces, but when we, mm. get, when we get there, if you don't mention it, I'll mention it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, no, um, of course, probably um, of the actual historical incidents that are portrayed in the film, the, the one that I know I have seen talked about the most from people who complain about the inaccuracy is uh, the first big battle scene in the movie, which is the Battle of Sterling. Mm. Or, or as it is usually referred to by historians, the Battle of Sterling Bridge. Right, there's a bridge. It's because, kind of important yeah, in it, the Battle it of was, Sterling Bridge. Yeah, and the bridge, it wasn't just like the bridge was kind of over there and they were fighting around it. Like, the bridge actually <laughs> plays a very important role in the in the battle. Because they could only put two horses right. across walking side by side. Right, it was, yeah, there's a reason why they call it the Battle of Sterling Bridge. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, it was a real battle and William Wallace yes. was there and it was it yes. was, it was was historically important, you know, in this st- struggle that is, that is dramatized in the movie. Um, but in the movie, the Battle of Sterling Bridge ain't got no bridge. No, there's no bridge. And it's they just said, they're just fighting on a on a big field. When questioned about this by the people who got upset about the movie, historians and Scottish people, they asked, <laughs> "Why was there no bridge at the Battle of Sterling Bridge?" And they said, "It got in the way." Yeah, I'm not a very good director. <laughs> That's not what it is. That's not what it is. Well, maybe not in they this case. They had a very but... specific story they wanted to tell. And that battle would have made, I think, they wanted like a head-on, realistic, manly battle. Sure. Head-to-head. That and they not could, yeah. Look at the British trying to get across this bridge. <laughs> So yeah, so that's 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 a big. It's it's a little bit. And again, you know, as as we just said, like I mean, for the most part, I don't care if a movie is historically accurate or not. I judge it based on what's on screen. And um, but it is a little bit like making a movie about the Battle of Gettysburg and just leaving out Pickett's Charge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's a really important part of this battle, and it's just odd that you would depict the battle or getting the generals wrong. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's like you 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 put the battle in the movie. You clearly consider yeah. it to be important 
to your right. story, but you yeah. just kind of picket stretch got in the way. Yeah, you we didn't. Yeah, it's it's too much. We we decided to have the battle take place on one day instead of three, and yeah. you know and we didn't really feel we needed the Robert E. Lee character. I, th- <laughs> I think we already had too many characters on the Confederate side. It's just and besides, it's just two armies running at each narrative in there, and so that took up a lot of the script. And it's just two armies running at each other across a field now. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so that's the first thing. The other thing is, it's especially early in the movie, there's uh, um, a lot of to-do about the rite of prima nocta. That doesn't exist. Which, which, according to the movie and according to tradition that refers to it, it the prima nocta is when a nobleman was allowed to have sex with a bride on her wedding night. That's um, right. This, as far as we can tell, was never actually practiced in England or Scotland, and it may never nope. have been practiced anywhere. It, it's it's entirely likely that this is a completely mythical practice. It just never. Uh-huh. It was just never. It never happened ever. Um, for for very good floating propaganda. Yeah, for very good reason. Because mm-hmm. if if this uh, kind of thing had been done, it probably would have had the effect of pissing off the people who were being ruled even more than they were already pissed off. <laughs> like Scottish people hated the English already. Can you imagine uh-huh. if the English were coming over there and raping their wives? And Hello, on, on t- we're here to fuck your wife. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, very. Congratulations on the wedding. Come here. Besides which, I don't think invading armies really needed any license to rape. No, they did that anyway. Already, they did that anyway. Was, did the king have to be like, okay, we're going to have a special rule that you can do it once, and the army's good like, news, no, chaps. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't need that. Thanks, but no, we're good. The king's given us permission to rape away. <laughs> But only brides and only the first time. Put your special pants on with the crotch cut out. We're going into town. Control yourselves, lads. Yeah. If um, we do the inaccuracies of this. Oh, no. The, this will be a five-hour podcast. The, the, the last one, the last bit of trivia I have is not about historical inaccuracy. Um, it's just something that's kind of neat. Okay. It's just kind of neat. Um, in the movie, two of Wallace's most trusted comrades, um, two of the more recognizable supporting characters, are, mm-hmm. um, are his friends Hamish and Stephen. Right. And Hamish is Scottish, and he is played by Brendan Gleeson, who, who, who is a wonderful actor who just so happens yes. to be Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen, who is Irish, <laughs> is played by an actor named David O'Hara, who is Scottish. That's so right. the Scottish guy is played by an Irish guy, and the mm-hmm. Irish guy is played by a Scottish guy. It and doesn't I, matter. They're all the same, right? And Mel Gibson isn't Scottish or Irish. No, he's not. I don't think he's even really Australian. He's definitely not American. I don't think he's from anywhere. (laughs) In regards to the inaccuracies, and we'll bring it up when we do the recap. Yeah. But top to bottom, back to front, this movie is inaccurate. I don't mean a little inaccurate. The clothes are wrong. No one in 1297, in the period that this movie takes place, no one in Scotland was wearing kilts. Right. It wasn't a thing. Right. The kilts that they are wearing, no historical, no historic costumer can identify where those kilts came from. <laughs> but it definitely they just wasn't. made it up because it looked good. Mm-hmm. There's a line that says, um, "Oh, they're playing um, what is it? Illegal tunes, outlaw on tunes, illegal, yeah, outlaw songs illegal, or something, yeah, on outlaw pipes." Number one, yeah. England hadn't taken over the country or invaded at that point. 
Number two, so the uh, the songs couldn't be illegal. Number two, bagpipes weren't a thing yet. <laughs> so there's that. Costumes, the armor, the weapons, the battles, the people, the time frames. Yeah. All of it is just wrong. You can watch any two minutes of this movie and there is an inaccuracy. Now, that takes talent, right? <laughs> Let's see what that ta- who that talent was. Yeah. When we go into you should be ashamed of yourselves. I've renamed my section. <laughs> How do you sleep on your bed stuffed with money? <laughs> It's directed by Mel Gibson, and you know him. He made that snuff film, Passion of the yeah. Christ. Which, I, which this really kind of plays like a rehearsal for. He made that, that Apocalypto film, which did for, for uh, ancient Aztecs, as it did for Scottish history. It's great. <laughs> and then he made Hacksaw Ridge, which apparently was good, but I had written Gibson off at this point. Yep, I haven't so seen I it either. Yeah. It was written by Randall Wallace. And he also, I think he directed The Man in the Iron Mask, and he hasn't done a whole lot else. And boy, oh boy, did he come up with excuses as to why this movie is so inaccurate. And one of the reasons why is because it was based on The Wallace by Blind Harry, who was uh, someone who did not live at the same time as (laughs) these events taking place. It was about 100, I think 200 years afterwards, and he was just making shit up as a form of propaganda for James III. Hmm. So accuracy wasn't important to Blind Harry or to Randall Wallace, apparently, (laughs) because he's like, oh, we don't know that much. And any historian could, could say, yes, that's true. We don't know a whole lot about William Wallace, but we know what's not true about him, which right. is your fucking movie. <laughs> Produced by Mel Gibson, Alan Ladd Jr., whose company produced things like Chariots of Fire and The Right Stuff and Blade Runner, all three of which helped bankrupt the company because two of them movies didn't make any money at all. But thank goodness they produced them, because two of them are really good. Absolutely. All three of them. I haven't seen Chariots of Fire in a long time. Like, a long time. Maybe yeah. we should review it. Maybe we should. Starring Mel Gibson is William Wallace, and you know him from the Mad Max movies. and um, Lethal Weapon. The Lethal Weapon. And let's just and... pretend that's it. <laughs> and remember when he did Hamlet? Remember when Mel Gibson did Hamlet? And it was 90 does, minutes? Does anybody remember the 90? You must have loved that. Like, I mean, oh it's, it, it's, it sounds good on paper, but it didn't turn out so well. No, it didn't. James Robinson is the young William Wallace. Nothing. Good for you, kid. <laughs> he got out. Sophia Marceau is Princess Isabel of France, and she was in that Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. And in real life, Princess Isabella was... Three to nine years old in the events of this film, but uh, apparently in, in this version, she's real fuckable, huh? Oh yeah, Steve? she looks she looks older than that in this. She's like a, she must be like fourteen or something. Yeah, she's oh she's prime wifing age clearly. Yeah, she was three to nine years old in real life. So at the fuck it doesn't mean doesn't match up to what we want to have the character be or do. Starts early and it starts hard, and that's one of them. <laughs> Princess Isabella. I think they should have cast a three to nine year old. Fuck it. <laughs> same plot, same lines, same everything. Oh, well, I would hey, love is, to see the outrage for this movie. Is George Lucas producing this? <laughs> Come on. Like, 
they won't take my calls over at the Braveheart movie. <laughs> I had a really good idea for that one. When I heard they were making it and they needed a love interest, I knew that Princess Isabella was nine years old. <laughs> I think it's fucking Spielberg cock-blocking me again. He needs to mind his business. God, God damn it. All I wanted was one dinosaur to wait, rape one child in Jurassic Park. I just want to trick Hollywood into making child porn just one time. <laughs> Doing it like he manages to get it all the way into theaters. Like, I got you. Ha ha. <laughs> I tricked you. You did it. At one point, he could have done it with Star Wars, couldn't he have? <laughs> yeah. George, are you sure about this? Shut I'm up. Positive. <laughs> Anakin does something completely different when he goes to the Jedi Temple. Guess what he does? <laughs> okay. We don't want to. Okay. Guess. <laughs> you have to guess. You'll find out on opening night. <laughs> Ang Angus McFadden is Robert the Bruce. And he's done a lot of TV. And um, the most recent thing he's done, I think, is he's Jor-El on Superman and Lois. That's right. Yes, he is. And they had a very sad funeral for him. Yes, they did. God, I love that show. They buried him under a tree like Jenny and Forrest. I love that show. I, can I tell you outright? Yes. Superman and Lois from Superman and Lois are now my Superman and Lois. I don't blame they've, you for that at all. I think they're fantastic. They have eclipsed, they have allowed them to do more than any of the previous Supermans without changing his character. Mm -hmm. I think it's, and, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if they quite eclipse Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder for me, but they're the best live. Christopher Reeve is good, but they didn't give him a whole lot of room. We're getting we're getting to explore a lot more of Superman in the in the oh in sure the show. well because you have a lot more time it's you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah and boy oh boy do they get it right of all the superheroes yeah. Superman would be a dad yeah and a good dad we're we're just gonna talk about Superman <laughs> and Lois now it's okay it's okay if you if you thought oh no if you're here for Braveheart you can go now <laughs> we didn't like it fine. Patrick McGowan as King Edward Longshanks. And you know him from The Prisoner and Silver Streak. And he was in Scanners. And he's in a lot of a stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff. Not this, but a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Catherine McCormick as Muran McClanach. McClanach. You know me and... Close enough. Foreign names. Whatever. And you saw her in 28 Weeks Later. Catherine McCormick as Muran McClanach. <laughs> he was in 28 Days Later. I already said that. You said that part. Myra Calvi as young Muran. Nothing. Brendan Gleeson as Ham Hamish. And you know him from the Potter films and Cold Mountain and a whole bunch of other movies where he's really oh, goddamn good. 28 Days Later. He's, he's fantastic. Did I say in that. 28? Well, oh, yeah, that's right. Catherine he's McCormick's in 28, in 28 later. Weeks Later, but he, Brendan Gleeson's in 28 Days and he's fantastic. That's right. Yeah. He's always good. Yeah, he's great. He's always good. He's great. Um, so why, why is he in this? He's hopefully getting paid. Yeah, more than likely he's getting paid. Andrew Weir is young Hamish. Nothing. Peter Hanley is Prince Edward. Nothing. James Cosmo as Campbell. And he was in Highlander and Trainspotting and Game of Thrones. And he's a great character actor. And he played, um, he was Hamish's father. Mm -hmm. They're seven years apart. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, David O'Hara as Stefan of Ireland. 
and you saw him in The Departed, and he was also in the Potter films, one of them, I think. I think four or something. Um, Sean McGinley as McClanach. Another one? God damn it. And you, he was in Irish TV. Brian Cox as Argyle Wallace, and you know him from the Bourne movies, and... X-Men 2 yep. and Rushmore and a whole, and uh, what is it, Long Kiss, not Long Kiss Goodnight. Is it Long Kiss Goodnight? No. The one where, you know, I never mind, my brain isn't working, I couldn't remember a name if, if, my, if I wanted to. It's just, fuck it, you read, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're tapping out early on this one, we haven't even gotten, Jesus. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the plot summary yet. Uh, anyway, he's good. I love him. He's great. I love him to death. I can't decide if I wish he were in this more or if I'm happy for him that he's not in it very that much. That he's not in it a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Sandy Nelson is John Wallace. Nothing. Stephen Billington is Philippe. Um, he was in Coronation Street. I couldn't find anything else from him. Good for you, Stephen, I guess. John Cavanaugh is Craig Nothing. Alan Armstrong as Mornay, and he's been in, like, The Mummy Returns as, like, the bad guy that digs up all the stuff. He's that guy, oh, and Stop also, digging stuff up, bad guy. He was in Kroll. He was, like, the lead thief guy. Hmm. Um, John Murtaugh as Lachlan, nothing. Tommy Flanagan as Morrison. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Donald Gibson as Stuart, and he's Mel Gibson's brother. Oh, how'd he get this job? I don't know. Weird. It's weird. They must have been really surprised when they saw each other on set. <laughs> what are you doing here, man? <laughs> Jean, Mar- Jean Marine. That can't be her name. <laughs> I hope Jean it is. Jean <laughs> Marine as Nicolette. Uh, nothing. Michael Byrne as Smith. And he's been in Gangs of New York. And unfortunately, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Malcolm Tierney as Magistrate. Nothing. And Barnard Horsefall as Baloli. Balliol. Balliol. Sure. Balliol. Fuck it. I don't care. And he was in Gandhi. Cinematography by John Toll. And he's done cinematography for such epics as The Last Samurai, Cloud Atlas, and Tropic Thunder. Ah, yes. Mmm. Bland. (laughs) He sure knows how to fly around in a helicopter. Oh, he's good at that. Yeah. Edited by Steven Rosenblum. And he's edited movies like Glory... And X-Men and Pearl Harbor. Mm. Well, at least there was, you know, a couple of good ones in there. Pearl Harbor is in our future, dude. Oh, I can't wait. I know. It's uh... Music by James Horner, and he's done Aliens and Apollo 13 and Titanic and Star Trek 2, yep. and he's dead. He's dead. He's dead as disco is. Um, Paramount, oh, production companies. Paramount Pictures, 20th Century Fox. Icon Productions. Uh, by the way, you, you want to know what Icon Productions... This is the production company that was established by Mel Gibson. Yeah. And as confirmed by the asshole that wrote this movie. What's his name again? <laughs> Randall, oh, Randall Wallace. Wallace. I swear to God, their next movie is called Passion of the Christ, colon, Resurrection. Oh, boy. I mean, there's not a whole lot of story there, is there? No. Like the Bible no. just kind of. And then I'm he sure came he'll back make it four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> he came back. He hung out with the with the apostles for like a month, and then he went to heaven. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And the Lad Company. 
distributed by Paramount Pictures in North America, 20th Century Fox, all over the rest of the place. Release date, May 24th, 1995 in the United States. Running time, 178 minutes. Box office, 65 to $70 million. Box office, $213.2 million. Making it a smash bang hit and it won five Oscars, proving once again that Jason is right <laughs> about the goddamn Academy Awards. <laughs> what else came out that year, Steve? Oh, Apollo 13. Uh, oh, did that win Best Picture? It did not. Oh, okay. Dead Man Walking. A, oh, that was a great oh, movie. Great Did that win Best Picture? It didn't win Best Picture. Leaving, oh, leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a great Maybe the last great movie that, uh, that Nicolas uh, Cage, Cage made. It, it's kind yeah. of the movie that ruined Nicolas Cage's career because he was like... Yeah, because he got nominated. Didn't he? Did he, he win? Won. I can't he won. He won. Oh, he yeah. won. He won. Go Absolutely. And he deserved it. And mm-hmm. then it's he's yeah. like, no, I'm just going to make every fucking script that they send me. <laughs> he had no choice. <laughs> that's true. He had no That's choice. That's true. He forgot to pay his taxes a little bit there. <laughs> he kind of overspent, too. Yeah, he bought like a castle. What do you castle. mean I have five castles? Just sell you one of the castles, castles, Nick. They're all filled with dinosaur bones. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have two stegosauruses? Yes, you do. You have all of the stegosauruses, Nick. You mm-hmm. bought out all the museums. You've been paying a genetics company in San Mateo to recreate a dinosaur for you for the last 10 years. <laughs> They're not doing anything. I went there. It's a guy in a garage. <laughs> <sighs> so that's it. We're done. Those are, oh, oh, okay. We're do not... we have to recap this? I, I guess we do. We, Gotta, that's right? kind of our format. Okay. Well, great. Yay for us. Hooray. Uh, I, I hey, did, Steve. I, I did rent this kilt and everything. Why? Oh, that's perfect. It's completely inaccurate. Why not? I'm I'm wearing a fucking clown costume with samurai armor over it. And my tartan I socks. Good. <laughs> I have a tartan. Yeah. Yeah. I have a clan. You have a cl- no. You're German. Or no, actually, shit. no. I I am I, I I am actually of Scottish heritage. Uh, Shives is a Scottish name. Get out. Seriously. Shives. Yes. Is it like a cuss word? <laughs> it's the name of a. In it's the name of a village, apparently. I can't move this shiving thing. Hey, What's your language? You, you cut that shives out. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought shives was like Germanic. I thought you were more Aryan. No, I'm Scottish. Or at least I'm okay. partially Scottish. Yeah. You're part yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I have Scottish heritage. Yeah, I'm me too. Scottish. Yeah, I also have French and German and yeah. Mm-hmm. My ancestors mm-hmm. were fucking all over Europe. <laughs> Can we just talk about this? I just don't <laughs> yes. This clown costume really feels uncomfortable when I layered the the samurai armor over well, it. Well, it's I mean, you know you have to dress the way they didn't dress in history to okay. talk about this movie. All right, I'm climbing on my unicorn. Let's me and you <laughs> ride into the world of Braveheart, and it is a completely separate world from the real one that we live in. <laughs> the imaginary world. <laughs> Steve. Yes. Take it away, please. Well, you know, in the year, quote, unquote, 1280, um, King Edward Longshanks was a real asshole. Yeah, he wasn't a great guy. And what he did was, uh, after after the, the King of Scotland died, old King Edward from England rode over there with his soldiers and kind of took the whole thing over. No, he didn't. Well, that's what it says in the movie. He didn't do that. That isn't what happened. But that's what in the movie, it's, it makes it sound like that's what happened. He went over there to negotiate between two kings that had laid claim to the throne because the, the previous king had no heir. 
Right, but in the movie, he gets all the Scottish nobles together in a barn, and he hangs them all. No, no, he didn't. But in the movie, <laughs> that's what happens. But I don't care what happened in the <laughs> and, movie. And when this happens, this is 1280, and, and our hero, William Wallace, is just a wee little boy. Now, we're getting this through narration. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, yeah there's a n- and it literally opens with... Now, people will call me a liar, and I'm like, yes, they will. Yeah, they, they will call you a they liar. Might, you, a lot of what you're saying isn't true at all, so... <laughs> and then it says, because history is written by the victors. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, so you know this is all bullshit. This is all bullshit? What's coming next? <laughs> well, thanks for warning us, narrator dude. The narrator should have just said, look, it's only a movie. Don't get too worried about it. The narrator is Robert the Bruce. Just relax. It's all I'm a story. I'm not gonna. Fuck you. It's all a story. <laughs> yeah, I know. It turns out the narrator is, is Robert the Bruce. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. so we're led to believe that contrary to history, that... Um, uh, we meet uh, young William Wallace and his father. Yes. Right? And uh, they're just simple farmers. Absolutely. Yeah, his father is a commoner, not, not a nobleman. No, but, he's but not. His, he is not a commoner. In the movie, he's a commoner, but he has land, so he's not In like, real life, he, yeah, in real life, he was gentry and he had land. Okay, but in he the movie, he was a powerful he, man, and William Wallace was raised with a great education. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. In the movie, this in the is, movie, this is where, they're this covered is, in shit. This, yeah. They're constantly dirty. Their hair is a mess. People routinely walk up and put more dirt on them because this isn't insulting to Scottish people, right? No, they're pig people. They're 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 mud <laughs> they're mud dwelling pig people. They're noble savages. Right. Well, it's Steve. it's one of the things that like I think the movie tries to have it both ways because like they show us Wallace as like the noble savage type of guy, but like where he literally like lives in a shack and just wants to be a farmer and live in the dirt, but he also mm-hmm. speaks all these different languages and you know he's like yeah. this this sophisticated guy. It's like, but he also uh-huh. lives in the mud and he likes it. Anyway, he shows up at the house and he tells little William Wallace, I'm going off to meet with the other people, with the other clan leaders. And he, and he's like, I want to go too, Papa. And he's like, no, you're going to stay here. But Papa! And he's like, no, you're going to stay here. And then he leaves, he goes to the shack, and everyone is hunged. Yeah. Everybody's dead. Uh-oh. Curse like your treachery, Longshanks. <laughs> he comes running after them and he... He finds everybody's dead, even the children. They killed everybody. Boy, what what a bunch of jerks. Anyway, now he's all alone. How is he going to be able to take care of his farm or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, and what? I think we're mixing stuff up. I don't give a shit because none of this is accurate, well, and, and, so it doesn't yeah. matter. And also, like... The oh, no, that's what happened. They, his father finds all of the dead hung guys. Yes. Then they say, oh, we got a fight, and they're, like... Surrounded by pigs, and they're in a yeah. they're in a dirt hut. It must and be I'm Scotland. Like, you know the Scottish, the Scottish weren't like this. But in the <laughs> they movie, clothes and society. No, <laughs> no, no. But in the movie, they're like one step away from being cave. They're people. cavemen. They're cavemen. Exactly. They're all wearing kilts that they never wore. And so he says, oh, we got to go fight. And they're like, oh, we're going to go fight. And that's when he wants to go with him to fight. Right. And he's like, no, you have to stay here so you can live and be in the rest of the movie. You have to stay here next to our huts made of stone and thatch that look like they're falling over. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
And then uh, his dad comes back, doesn't he? No, no, he, he well, his dad gets killed, and he sees his dad's body. Because we need all of these scenes with him and Hamish pretending to attack the 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 British that aren't attacking right now exactly. in this period of history. I mean, and really, we don't. Why? Really, we. I mean, you know, we don't need any of this. And then, yeah. his dad, his dad, his dad comes back. His right. Well, his dad comes back dead. Oh, he's dead. He's okay. dead. So and, he's yeah. dead now, and and they plant um, him, and while yeah. and then and, and then conveniently while he's standing over his father's grave, uh, his uncle Argyle rides in, and he's like, "Hey, hey, kid, I'm your uncle Argyle." That's literally how they introduce the character. He like rides in on his horse, and he's like, uh-huh. "This is me." Hi. Okay, <laughs> did you know that William Wallace had two two brothers? I didn't, and I, neither did the people yeah, who made his the other movie, brother apparently. fought with him when he grew up, but in this movie he had one brother, and he's dead now. Yeah. It's cleaner but that here, way. Mm-hmm. It's cleaner that way. But here comes Uncle Argyle, and he's like, "Hi, I'm your Uncle Argyle." You live with me now. <laughs> That's right. Time to abandon this pile of shit that you're living in, and you can come live in my pile of shit, which is nicer. And, <laughs> it's nicer. Oh, and, 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 and also he, the, the little girl, uh, Murren, uh, hands him a flower, hands him a thistle flower. Yeah, she's like a four-year-old, yeah. and she's like, "Here you go." Hey, you know what is now? Here's the thing. Wallace never had a wife. Right. A wife was added to his to his poetic ballad a hundred years after Blind Harry wrote it. And this was pretty common because an aristocratic family wanted to be associated with the Wallace legend. Ah. So they added a wife in. And her name was Marion yes. in the poem. And they changed it for this movie because they felt like people would hear the name Marion and automatically go to Robin Hood. Well, yeah, and that, that's smart, because every time I hear William Wallace, I think of Wallace Shawn, and I keep waiting to see him, and he doesn't show up. So I think that was pretty smart. I think that was a great way to demonstrate, hey, we think you're fucking stupid, audience. Only one person ever had that name. <laughs> uh, so they show her pick the thistle, right? Yeah, I think I'm so, just, yeah. I am, I'm going, I'm, this is, I'm doing everything. You're going deep. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Guess why you can't just pick a thistle? Because they got because there's thistles. Because it's sticky. Well, it, it'll one, stick you. you can only wrench it from its stem wearing protective gloves because it's got thorns right, on it's it. It's sticky. It's prickly. Yeah, yeah. It's right. But they show her just snip it off, clean it like a daisy. Yeah, you know, kids were tougher back then. Were they? I guess. They sacrificed re- re- reality so that they could tell their stupid story. It's It's going to be a pattern, so you better get used to it. So they go off. Argyle's like, you're my son or something like that stuff. And I'm going to teach you how to use a sword. And I'm going to teach I'm going to teach you Latin, I guess. I'm going to teach you how to use your wits. <sighs> because your wits are more important than a sword. So the, I'm already exhausted. Well, we're only 20 minutes I'm, into the movie, so. <laughs> okay. And I actually, I know, I, I, I checked the when I, because usually when I watch a movie, I don't, I don't look at the clock and I don't check the time. Um, I did for this, well, like all the time. Well, I would see, I, I find it just makes it, if, if, if it's the kind of a movie that I feel like I want to do that, like if I'm noticing how long it's taking, then if I look at the time, it just makes it worse. So I make a point of not doing that. But, but, for, <laughs> but for this movie, um, because at the end of this little prologue bit where we, with, mm-hmm. with little child William, you know, after that, then we get full-grown Mel Gibson William shows up, uh, mm-hmm. which, is, which is when the movie should actually 
actually have started. So I went probably. Out, so I, I so I I paused it at that point to check, and that's 25 minutes into the movie when the movie should have <laughs> when really? when the movie should have actually started. So there's 25 uh. minutes of extra stuff in the beginning that we absolutely do not need uh. at all. Um, and then full-grown Wallace shows up, and that's when the movie actually starts. Mm-hmm. There's a, a man who's shown playing Highland Pipes. Yes. Um, but they didn't. They dubbed him. They dubbed his... for Eulalian uh, Pipes because they sounded better. That's this whole fucking. Movie. Why didn't they just have him play the better sounding that pipes is, in the movie? That is this whole fucking movie, <laughs> Steve. Anyway, he has a he, he. This can't be a hackneyed story without him having like nightmares about his dad talking to That's him. That's true. He has. He, yes, he has. He he's laying on the table next to his dead dad, uh-huh. and he's like, "I got some advice for you. Do, do don't die. Be do things about freedom. <laughs> do things about freedom. Love freedom. This is all about freedom. Do ha, make that your whole deal. You're the one that likes freedom. That's your thing. Okay. Uh huh. Ugh. Anyway, he's like. I'm going to teach you stuff. I'm like, uh, I don't know, like Batman. But then we cut to London. We get more narration from Robert the Bruce. And we find out that um, Philip Philip II is going to marry, what's her face? Yeah. Princess Isabella. From France. And yeah. they get, from France. She would have been three years old. This did not happen. <laughs> this, this didn't, this did not happen. But in the movie... Yes. That's what happens. And that's where we meet Longshanks, and we meet Isabella, and Longshanks is like, I hate the Scottish. Yeah. I hate all the Scottish. They suck. Why? They suck, that's why. And also, I hate my son. <laughs> I hate my son because he's gay. Yeah, he's, I have a gay son. We're not going to actually say it out loud. We're going to let the performance tell the audience by making him a mincing coward. Yes, he's gay, and it's bad, and you should not like him because of it. <laughs> Because of that, I'm a bad man, and you're going to feel bad. And <sighs> Anyway, this is just basically where he gets... Doesn't he get the clever idea at this point to breed out the Scottish with Prima Nocta? Right? Yes, yes. He said, okay, he's, yeah, he says, what we're going to do is we're going to send all of our English guys in there, and they'll just knock mm-hmm. up all the Scottish wives, and that'll magically fix it. Not that I've made an invasion of Scotland and, uh, you know, I've kind of taken over parts of the country. Not all of it, just parts of the country because I kind of want it now. Right. Did you, did you know that Sean Connery turned down this role? I did know that, actually, yeah. But the only reason he turned it down was because he was making the, the wildly popular film Just Cause. Well, I mean... Everyone remembers that film, right? <laughs> I bet Sean Connery wishes you didn't. Sean Connery's like, no, no, my final film was Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. I have, I have a feeling that the man who has Scotland Forever tattooed on his wrist told his agent, tell them anything. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not doing this I'm fucking not doing movie. It, no. What, what did Robert the Bruce do? <laughs> and they want to cast me, the most famous Scottish actor, <laughs> to play the King of England. I don't think so, no. How can you politely say fuck you and fuck your mother? <laughs> you know what? Forget politeness. Just say that. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, what the fuck were they thinking, I have, I, Steve? I, I mean... It is kind of hilarious when you think, like, this whole this whole movie is supposedly the story of the Scots 
fighting the English for their independence. And the idea that anybody would have even pitched having famously Scottish Sean Connery play the English king is just, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. Oh my god. Anyway, he's like, I don't even get to hit a woman. Yeah. <laughs> can I have a wife that I can knock around a bit? Anyway, he thinks, okay, we'll just make all of our guys in there. They'll do prima nocta. That'll, that'll we'll fix it. Yeah, out. that'll breed them Even up. though we control less than an eighth of the country in reality, they make it seem like the British have taken over the entire country. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah they and- haven't. No. <laughs> So we cut back to some shitty city. Do you know where we're supposed to be? I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's where Wallace is from. And, and grown-up Mel Gibson Wallace is coming back after being away with his uncle, I guess, for the last 20 years or something. And it just yeah. and it just so happens that there's a wedding today in the village. Well, first we meet Robert the Bruce. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, his, and his scummy whatever they are. I don't know what they are. They're bad men who betray him. Yeah. Well, they're the they're and the other the nobles, himself, right? Um, he says that he's the seventeenth Earl of Bruce. Yeah. In reality, he was the seventh. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Somebody just wrote it down wrong. There was like a there was a crease in the paper. They thought it was a one. Remember, I said everything in this is inaccurate. <laughs> Even shit that could easily have been looked up. Anyway, we have this short scene where they talk about some shit I don't know, and we see we see Wallace return back to his shitty farm that looks almost no different than when he left yeah. it. But I mean <laughs> it's still just twenty rocks years and twigs. Twenty years of abandonment and neglect and it looks pretty much the same. You know what the funniest part about it is? What? The grass around it hasn't grown up over it. Well, it's still like on this nice, even plot of land, so you can yeah. easily see the rocks and twigs that he wants to take over. I well, guess. though, you know, the neighbors must have mowed, you know. Yeah. And then we have lots to get used to this lots of close ups of Mel Gibson's handsome face with his hair perfect and oh, brushed yeah. and. He, there are times where you cut away and all of these pigging, these these dirt-covered, bearded, you know, ugly people, and then you cut to him and he's like, Jesus. Yeah, oh yeah. He's like glowingly clean. Hair is immaculate. And mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, wig, the wig department earned their pay in this movie because that ain't Mel Gibson's hair. Nope, 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 nope. So he goes into town and they're having they're having a wedding yeah. and everyone's it's like Hobbiton. If Hobbiton was populated by filthy people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Filthy brutes. Filthy brutes. And he comes up and he sees some guys. He sees, he sees a girl first. Yeah. And they keep cutting to him and he's like way too attractive. It is almost a joke. It is ridiculously funny. They're cutting to all these people. She looks at him and she looks very pretty. Yeah. And they cut to him and there's like a glow filter on him. And yeah. he's just, it's like, God damn it. Uh Anyway, so there are some guys, what, throwing rocks? Yeah, the, 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 the national pastime of Scotland, throwing rocks. What they tell them is, is that the uh, English won't let them have weapons, right. so they practice with rocks. Not true. Anyway, yeah. so he throws rocks next to this guy, his childhood friend, Hamish. And I, and I completely understand why they don't recognize each other, because they look nothing like no, there's no way. The there's no way that the kid that we saw in the earlier part grew up into Brendan Gleeson. 
Anyway, they throw some rocks, then they knock each other over, and then they're like all happy. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, welcome back. I, I know who you are, and I know who you are. That's great. We're best friends now. Hooray. That's about his... And then he challenges him to throw a rock directly at him. Right. Because he wants to prove the Smart. point that it's not the size of the rock, it's where you throw it. Right. So he throws right. so so Hamish throws the big rock at him and misses and then he takes a little rock and throws it at Hamish and hits him in the face and this makes them closer friends for some reason. Mm-hmm. In the scene where he says I can crush you like a worm. Yeah. And we pan back back to Wallace. You can clearly see a man wearing a baseball hat. <laughs> Walking into the left side of the screen. I mean, and you know what? You know what the best part is? You know that they probably saw that, and Mel Gibson was there in the editing bay that day, and he was just like, fuck it, who cares? Who gives a shit? No one's going to notice. Someone, the, the, someone, They'll never have the ability to stop this frame by frame at home. The editor probably pointed it out to him when Mel Gibson just silently made the jerk-off motion with his hand. <laughs> like, whatever. Anyway, uh, they're still all drinking, but then the bag of British guys show up. Time for some prima nocta. In their historically inaccurate armor. Yep. <laughs> and it's prima nocta time, baby. And he's like, I'm declaring prima nocta. And I so wanted the woman who, you know, because she's getting married, yeah. I wanted her to be like, like really ugly. Like, <laughs> like really unattractive. This is my fifth wedding, it is. <laughs> she's like, 65 years old and he's like I gotta do it I gotta <laughs> for the king for the king but no of course not it's a young lady who looks like she's maybe 14 years old and the husband gets upset and everyone gets upset and he, she's like I'll go just don't hurt my husband and he's like go <sighs> why are they doing it why are they doing what? Doing the prima nocta? Why? Why are they? Why is this in here? Why is prima nocta in the movie? So that there's if they know it never happened. Well, to create an excuse for what happens later with uh, with Murren. Yeah, but that was just flat out soldier rape. That's, that's true. More they could have. Yeah, that's the true. Prima nocta. Thing. Yeah, they could have just done. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I get well, to 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 vilify <laughs> the English to make to to put the English over even harder as as the bad guys. I think. Anyway, the wife agrees to go, and she whispers in her husband's ear, "It'll be okay." And uh, okay wasn't a term that was coined until the 19th century. Good job there, Randall. You're you're great. I'm so glad you won an Academy Award for this script. Thanks, <laughs> Academy Awards, for proving to me once again that. You're worth less than a bucket of old guts. I'm <laughs> best original screenplay. Is... <laughs> best original screenplay. And they cart her off, and everybody's sad, and the soldiers are all laughing at him, and oh, we hate the English. They're bad. But remember, William's going to be a man of piss. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't want war, I want piss. Yeah, because they... Okay, so first thing he does, it's in a rainstorm, and the like, girl that he saw at the wedding, he wants to ask her out, and she's like, I'll go, and they go out, and then it stops it stops raining, and they're dry. Uh, that's what happens. They get on a horse, and they're immediately <laughs> dry, and it stops raining, and then we get lots of stuff of them riding around, and they talk to each other a little bit, and I guess we're supposed to go, oh, this is... They're falling in love. He's obviously almost 40, if not 40, 
and she's maybe 23. It's okay. They're supposed to be the same age. They're the age, same right? age. Yeah, they're the same age. They're supposed to be the same age. Mel Gibson didn't, uh, supposedly did not want to play this part. He was just going to direct it. Right, which makes no and sense at all, but it was, whatever. It was going to be... It was, I think he wanted to cast Brad Pitt in the role. I've heard that, yeah. But then the, the, the movie said, if you want this movie made, you're going to star in it because you're a big-name star. And he went, okay, I guess I will. I don't believe any word of that. I don't believe, I don't believe it. Neither it do I. It might be true. I, I, I do not believe for a second that there was any universe where it was ever even remotely a possibility. Especially, <laughs> especially at this point in his career where anybody was mm-hmm. going to say, oh, sure, Mel Gibson, you can direct a major film and not star in it. That was absolutely yeah. not going to happen. Anyway, something super important happens. When she, when he, was it him? He revealed that he had, I can't remember, where, does he give her the thistle bloom that she gave him? Yeah, when, he takes her home, and he gives mm-hmm. her the thistle that she gave him when they were kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And also, it's still bright and the same color as it was. It's 20 years old. Yeah. They didn't have preservatives. It should have opened it up and it was dust. And she's like, what is like, this? Well, I mean, the... <laughs> do I snort this? <laughs> what, are, what is oh, this? Oh, no, don't snort it. No, that's a bad idea. Trust me. The next day, her father comes up and says, hey, we're having a secret meeting. And this is where he gets the completely disingenuous. They, they do the same thing in the fucking Patriot. And I hate that movie, too. <laughs> but it's... He's like, I just want to be a man of peace and become a farmer. Aren't you landed gentry? What? No. Shut up. <laughs> Aren't you rich? <laughs> you haven't worked a day in your fucking life, much less farm. But no, no, we have to change his character, Steve, so he's more relatable. He, he's a man of the people. You guess so. And he's like, I don't want to go. Don't make me go. I don't want to go there. I, I don't like it. And that was it, right? Yeah, that was the end of the movie. Have... <laughs> Then we have more love seeds where they're kissing yeah, and stuff. They get married. They get secretly married. Yeah, he sends her a note on like a rabbit's asshole. Ah, uh, romance. Some kind of skin. And it's like the two of them holding hands under the sun, the moon, and the trees. Yes. And there's nothing in there that indicates let's get married in secret. There's the, but that's what they do. There's also nothing to indicate that he is an incredibly erudite, educated person. It looks like something a caveman right. would have drawn, but... <laughs> that's right. But remember, she can't read or write. Oh, that's true. Because we're painting a wonderful picture of the Scottish Because they're all here. ignorant pig farmers who live in the mud <laughs> and like it. That's right. But they sneak out to the woods monk. Yeah. And the, then the woods monk. <laughs> the woods monk who does all the marrying Comes out of his little parts. burrow and looks up to see if he sees the moon and then comes out and he'll marry anyone that comes into the woods that night. <laughs> if you can answer his riddle. <laughs> <laughs> and they get married and then they run off. In freezing cold weather, and then we have the sex scene yeah. where she looks terrified, and he's just so pretty. <laughs> She's like, I mean, I guess they were trying to make it like seem romantic or sexy, but it's just the way it's staged is so weird. Like she's just standing there naked with her back to him, and he just yeah. walks up to her silently like a serial killer. Also naked. Also naked, and it's like, what are they? <laughs> this this seems creepy. And yeah, she and she's playing it like she's afraid. I'm like, this okay? I guess this is supposed to be romantic. It's not really coming yeah, across like that to me. Then, 
next morning she's not disappointed and angry and that was it putting on the (laughs) the kilt that doesn't that doesn't exist (laughs) and their marriage lasts approximately two minutes yeah things don't go too well from this point on (laughs) because the next day we're back in town Uh uh-oh one of the bad english guys because they're like being flirty because they're secretly married right and you know they're exchanging glances and and stuff and one of the soldiers uh basically tries to rape her yeah right while the other two guys are watching and we're like oh great this is going well and he's like really gross oh my god he's He's he's, a little oh he's like oh he's licking her face and he's licking her face like you do i guess and Then Mel Gibson goes, no, and with no weapons, he knocks down all the guys, and he's like, we got to get away, and then he's like, I'll put you on a horse, and you're going to go away, and they're going to chase me, and then I'm going to get away somehow, because they have archers, but they seldom use them. (laughs) They forget. They forget. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, right as she's trying to ride away and he thinks she's safe because he's run away to the woods disguised as one of them. Yeah, he that, that happened at some point, yeah. They have knocked her off her horse and then they tie her to a stake and then the bad military man who's wearing a peppermint cape comes out. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to teach a lesson to all you guys about something. I don't know what she did. <laughs> but I don't like it. Yeah, so I'm going to cut her throat. And he does it, and she dies. Oops. And they couldn't cut, show her throat cut because this movie, funny, a Mel Gibson film with too much violence, this Weird. movie um, was running really close to being NC-17 for a lot of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, they had to tone down the violence. Mm-hmm. Right. But he kills her. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. And um, he comes back. I can't remember how this goes. He, no. Okay, so... He decides, I'm, I'm going to kill everybody all by myself. Yep, and that's basically <laughs> what he does. And he comes riding up, and he's not shot with 15 arrows by the archers that are up on the up on the top of the post. Nope. No, they allow him to get close enough to start killing people. With, the, with his, cl- he, his cleverly hidden mace that he has tucked behind his shirt. That's yeah. right. And they let him put his arms behind his head, right? Yeah. <sighs> He cracks a couple of guys' skulls with a mace. He gets a couple of guys' skulls. He, yeah, he, he grabs a sword and guys. hacks a guy's leg off, hacks a guy's head off. Yeah. Meanwhile, the English are running around like doofuses. One man comes running directly at him, directly at him with his with his sword raised, screaming. Yeah. And he throws and he throws you know a sword in it, and then everyone's like, "Okay, let's kill everybody." And Hamish, and Hamish's dad. They all rise up and they all storm the whatever it is. What is it? The barracks? Yeah, the I guess. Yeah. Outpost, yeah. the whatever it is. And they kill everybody. And then this scene goes on for fucking ever. And they finally get up there and they take Peppermint Cape Guy <laughs> and they cut his throat. Yeah. We get to see his throat cut. Justice. Right? That was justice. Yeah. And, uh,. That's when he finds the. She made like a little embroidery thistle. Right. Cloth yeah. He. Thing. Yeah. He. He claims that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have her funeral or something. Somehow it's been like three days and she's not discolored. And no, she looks beautiful. No, yeah, she looks beautiful. She looks yeah. great. Doesn't oh, she look yeah. great? And I bet she smells great too. <laughs> He's not swollen no. at all, right? Uh, 
So yeah, they have her funeral, and so, then is this when? And then they go to the like the the garrison, like the English, the nearby English fort where all the soldiers are, and they kill all those guys. Sure. And he says, and that's when he says, "Well, no, they they don't kill everybody. They kill like I guess the the guys in charge." First, they talk about it, and then they they go do it, right? And they do it by they killed like a group of guys, yeah, right? that came out. He said he sent out fifty guys, and um, they killed them and took their their armor, and then they get into the they get into the fort yeah. it's not even really a fort it's just a bunch of sharpened sticks in a circle <laughs> and um he lets so the guy that's there is the guy that took what's his name's wife that's right yes Prima and he's like remember me and he kills him and then he tells the rest of them you can all live uh Go go back and tell your king. Um, hell's coming for him, and his name's William Wallace. <laughs> we cut back to the castle, and Philip has a boyfriend. Yeah, seems like a nice guy. And there's no way he's coded gay at no, all. No, they're just friends. Or, no. They're best friends. I mean, they both walk around with these loose-fitting shirts. They're very close to one another. And uh, Philip is like, I want you to have a son so I can kill you. <laughs> Or something. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and um, he knocks him down, and then he strangles him a little bit because he's disappointed in his son or whatever. I don't know. But is this when they talk about how the Princess Isabella isn't getting porked? Yeah. Because he's gay. Yeah, because he like, don't oh, like no. the girls. And then the English come, and they start burning stuff down, and they just toss shop, yeah. right? Because Wallace is bad, and they chase him around, and then Robert the Bruce is like, I don't know if I like this lepro- leprosy dad. <laughs> and leprosy dad is like, I'm an asshole. You listen to but me, listen boy. listen to me, Robert the Bruce, Scotland's hero. Yeah, he was led astray. <laughs> you indecisive nitwit. He was led astray by his leprous dad. A tale as old as time. There's no proof that his father had leprosy. Well, you know, Robert the Bruce might have had it towards the end when he was when he was about to well, die. Well, a lot but... of people had it back then. You know how it goes. Sure. And uh, yeah, so he's and, and don't get me wrong, Robert the Bruce did go back and forth between siding with England and siding for Scotland, but it wasn't like treachery. Right. Right. right? And but his father gives him some awful advice about because now Wallace has a reputation. Yeah. Right. And he's like, you gotta be careful. You could get a lot of, if you play this right, you're gonna get a lot of land and stuff, and this will be okay. You'll become king or something. Well, right? and what strikes me about it is like, I mean, obviously Robert's father is depicted as a villain, and he doesn't seem like a super nice guy. But really, nope. most of his advice is just politically practical. Like, he's not, you know, he's just, he's saying you should be, you, you need to be an ally to the English because there's no other way, basically. His, his, mm-hmm. his, his position, whether he's right or wrong, his position is the English are so powerful that if you make them your enemy, it's ne- you're never going to win, you mm-hmm. know. But then we cut back to England and back to Philip and him and his boyfriend are giggling at the clothes they're wearing in front of a mirror. Yeah. Like, like, what is that? They're so, just two manly. Like, like guys do, right? They're just two manly hetero guys. Uh huh, and then we have some more castle intrigue, and Isabella is like she's talking about Wallace already, right? 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 This four-year-old. She, I'm going to give him a year since she first is introduced, and she thinks it's really romantic. Yeah, because she's killing. He's killing because it. his wife yeah, is dead. Yeah. She's like, oh, I wish my husband wasn't gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Meanwhile, they're, they're living literally like Robin Hood. I, I got Yeah, no, they totally are. God I had the same thought. It. I had the exact same thought. They're living in the woods. They're making shit out of trees. They had modern armor. They had... You know, why is he living? He has his own estate with land. He was not in hiding. He was in Scotland. But they're making this like he's like... Like oh. he's on the run, yeah. Yeah, like he's constantly on the run. And is this when they find out that... I can't remember. I don't give a shit. No, that's when the Irish guy comes up. Yeah. The obviously insane Irishman. Who, who quickly becomes a trusted confidant. Who talks to God. Oh, yes. And he's like, Ireland's my island. And they just like, he's, he's, he's fine. He's stable. He's a little eccentric, that's all. <laughs> and they're like... This is when they found out that some of the guys... Oh, no. Then Wallace has gone hunting, yeah. and he's going to kill a deer. And then he sees the Irishman running up on him, and he's like, oh, no. But then the Irishman throws an axe and kills a guy behind him who was going right. to kill him. And he says, God sent me to protect you. And this scene was totally needed. <laughs> and William Wallace says, nominated for Best Original Screenplay. <laughs> The I like literally like how how do we explain how this Irish guy is so close to Wallace so quick? Uh, he thinks God sent him. Sounds good to me. Yep, 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 yep. And then we cut to the Battle of Sterling Bridge. Oops. <laughs> you mean the I Battle mean of Sterling? Sterling. <laughs> and so they make it out that the guys that are there are just going to basically negotiate terms. No one's really going to fight. And they cut to the army. And the army appears to be people who picked up whatever was lying around as a weapon and no armor. Yep. Some of them have leather armor, right. which wasn't a fucking thing. And <laughs> none of them are wearing... Their armor was comparable to the armor that was worn by the British. But because we're telling a very, very specific narrative that is untrue they are literally making the scots look like a bunch of dipshits yeah oh yeah like like oh they have spirit and they just want to be free even though they're not enslaved at this point they just want yeah. to be free and their armies can't be regimented armies that the landowners made them go and fight oh no they're right? they're all there of their own volition they're all volunteers mm -hmm. they're all just simple farmers who are fighting for they're their not freedom. organized yeah. One guy appears to have a, a sharpened stick as a weapon. And one guy just finally says, okay, I'm leaving. I'm not going to die for these guys. And they turn around to start to leave, like you can do in the army. Yeah, they just, okay, bye. Thanks for coming. Sorry it didn't work out. <laughs> and despite the fact that they're hopelessly outnumbered and grumbling that they don't want to do this, because we cut to these long shots of the of the British army showing up in their not-period armor, and they're like, wait, lads, wait, we're going to negotiate. And then who comes riding in, Steve? William Wallace. And what has he got on his fucking He's face? He's painted half his face blue. because it's Because uh, it's war paint. Hey, can I ask you a question? Please. How Catholic are these people? They seem like they're pretty Catholic. They're very Pretty Catholic. fucking Catholic, yeah. Do you think these Catholics would paint up their faces like their Pictish ancestors? No, it seems kind of pagan to paint mm -hmm. your face and like that. Anyway, Wallace shows up. He doesn't seem to be wearing any armor at all. And he's no. wearing... And he's got his face painted. And 
he shows up and his men all have horses now. They've gone from <laughs> yes. no horses to all of them seem to have Simple horses. farmers. Right? And people are like, oh, that's William Wallace. That's William Wallace. Oh, boy. Because <sighs> they all know what and he then looks he gives, like. Yeah. And then um, he gives a stirring speech about freedom or yeah, something. Yeah, that's pretty much the main idea, freedom. Yeah, freedom's mm-hmm. good. Everyone seems to be wearing kilts, yep. even though kilts won't be invented for another 200 fucking That's, years. You, you're, you're just going to have to come to peace with that. I read I read a historic costumer, and she said, the way this is costumed, it would be like if we set a movie in 1850 and put them into modern suits and had them wear their coats backwards. <laughs> That's what this is. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Now I want to make that movie. <laughs> I want to make a Civil anyway. War movie where they're dressed in inside-out modern clothing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he shames everybody who wants to leave yeah. by saying, hey, don't you want to fight and die? Yeah, I mean, you might die, but hey, when you're dying comfortably surrounded by your grandchildren, wouldn't you just give it all up so that you could say you fought in this battle? And all of the d- dumb shit said, yes, whoopee. <laughs> and nobody said, so So wait, I have grandchildren? <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently my life isn't that bad. <laughs> like, it seems pretty good. Well, anyway, the other two guys ride out to meet the, uh, to meet the guys. The English guys, yeah. Um, the English guys. And uh, Wallace rides out and rides around them because he's a rebel. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to pick a fight. <laughs> and... Uh, he argues with them, and everything boils down to freedom. Yeah, we want right? freedom. No matter what they say, yeah. right? We, uh, want, we want freedom, you jerks. Give us freedom, or we're going to mm-hmm. kill all of you. I can't. I can't. A local, while they were filming this, a local Scottish person asked why the Battle of Stirling Bridge was filmed on an open plain and nowhere near a bridge. Yeah. And Gibson told him that the bridge got in the way, and the local... A true Scotsman <laughs> said, that's what the English found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like a rather interesting because historical I know episode, my doesn't it? history. <laughs> anyway, they go back and forth, and then there's a great big battle, right? Yep. And Yay. They, the, the, the Scottish people moon the English people. Oh, that's right. They moon the English and then people. A couple of them and get, then they show them their dicks. And a couple of them get shot in the ass with arrows, and I was like, good. That's right. Because they're doing <laughs> a volley of arrows one after another. <laughs> And um, then they fight yep. and fight yep. and yep. fight and fight and fight. And it's pretty gory. Yeah. And so, what's that? I mean, it's fine. I don't give a shit. They didn't fight the way they actually fought back in those days, but who cares? Who cares? Who gives a Not shit? Not the people who made the movie. Any battle scene that shows the soldiers run. Okay, Steve? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. So, believe it or not, armies would march towards each other. And the front lines would fight. And as people fell, other people would step forward and fight. Okay. Right? They didn't run to get, <laughs> run at each other at full speed <laughs> and crash into each other, hacking and slashing everything that's around them. Right? right. It was actually a little bit more organized. Mm. Or they had a front line on one side, they had a front line on the other side. They walk up and they, they, they'd stab each other or pike one another or whatever it is that they're going right. to do. Now, the armor that is being worn by the foot soldiers that they depict is not male, which is what they would have worn. They would have had male covered with some sort of clothing. 
um, and a helmet. Um, but even in just the mail, the clothing, and the helmet, that all of that would have wo- would have uh, weighed, I don't know, between 50 and 80 pounds. But they show the English soldiers run 200 yards across an open field and not collapse from exhaustion <laughs> when they reach the other side. Now, in the movie, the, uh, the armor that these guys are supposedly wearing looks even heavier than just having chain. Yeah. It looks like they're wearing um, what's, it's not plated armor, it is um, paneled armor um, over their chest, over their arms, and over their legs, and a full helmet, and a weapon. By the time they <laughs> reached the other team, they would have just fallen <laughs> over. And I don't know if the other side would have been faring all that well either, even though they're wearing zero armor. In this movie, there is no fucking way that an armored garrison of people i mean the the, the full they would have just all they would have had to do is send the the horses they but they had the pointy sticks that protected them no yeah this would have ended much differently there's a reason why it's called the the battle of sterling bridge because the bridge moderated how many people could get across it that was what gave them the advantage exactly and, and here's the thing and it's not i mean Again, like, like I said in my trivia bit at the beginning, I, it doesn't really make a difference to me in terms of the quality of the film, how accurate it is. But if they had depicted the, the Battle of Sterling Bridge more accurately, if they had depicted it with the bridge, um, mm-hmm. that would have at least offered us a reason, a, a, a reason that we as the viewers, whether we knew the history or not, could understand as to why the Scottish won the battle. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things, I know we've talked about this in other episodes, and we've talked about this, just the two of us, when we talk about movies too. A good, if, if you have a, an action scene, especially if it's like a fight scene, whether it's a fight scene between mm-hmm. armies or a fight scene between individuals, it doesn't matter. The winner of that fight, you should, you should be able to tell just from watching why they won. You know, it should yeah. tell a story that so that when if William Wallace and his army defeats this superior force with superior weapons and superior armor, it, we should be able to see why they outsmarted them mm-hmm. or there were some conditions that day that favored them or something. But in this in this battle, it's like, oh, I guess they just fought harder. You know, there's not like any reason that you can see that explains like, oh, that's why they were able to win because of X, Y or Z. It's no, they, they yeah. just fought harder, I guess. No, they're just better. Yeah. yeah. They're just better. It doesn't matter how, in the movie, as depicted, there's no way that this group would win. There is no way. The archers could have stepped forward and just continued to pummel them with arrows until yeah. they were all dead. They had no fucking armor. Yeah. And that was the main point. And, no, 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 they get pelted with arrows. Some of the guys get hurt, but they jump back up and show their asses again. And yeah. we're all supposed to go, oh, see, that's that's that grit. It's that's the fighting all they spirit. need. This fighting yeah. spirit. That's all they need. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, why didn't why didn't the English guys just be like, oh, keep shooting them. Keep shooting them. <laughs> Fuck keep it. Keep shooting those arrows, boys. That'll be great. <laughs> anyway, it's after this that we go back to the horse barn that is, I guess where the king is supposed to be yeah and, it's his castle sure. and he's made guardian right basically yeah. um supposedly knighted 
or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's for for I guess in uh, recognition of the victory at at uh, Sterling, he's made a knight of Scotland. That's and, not when he was. Yeah. That was not when he was made guardian. Well, but I'm okay. just telling you that's what happens in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I know what happens in the movie. And then they and start they fighting, him, asking Wallace, "Hey, which guy are you going to back to become king?" And they start fighting, and he leaves. And they're like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to go fight the British. You guys suck. Yeah. And Robert the Bruce comes out. And Robert the Bruce likes him. And then uh, William Wallace tells him, you got to be a leader. And if you're a leader and you do it the way I say, I'd follow you. And Robert the Bruce is like, oh, I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's maybe. I'm, I just don't know. I just don't know what I want to do. Because now he's saying, I'm going to invade England, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's his, that's his big idea. Yeah. That's his big idea. And in the movie, um, he sacks York. Right. Nobody has sacked York. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I mean, he doesn't, definitely. He does not. <laughs> he does not. What they did was they did go in, but York was way far away from the Scottish border. They just they they did some bad bad things, like they went into towns and burned them to the ground and killed everybody. Right. He was not he was not being nice, but in this movie that's what he does. And they they have a battering ram and uh, they dump oil on them, which is something that did not happen. I'm sorry, everybody who thinks dumping boiling oil or tar or pitch onto people was a thing it wasn't if they were going to dump anything that was boiling on the guys it would be boiling water right because pitch and tar and all that other stuff has a tendency to burn your gates down or your bridges which is kind of what happens here it's kind (laughs) of what happens it's kind of what happens here they 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 set their battering ram on fire and Mm -hmm. they're just like cool fiery battering ram and they just push that through the fucking gate since it was an event that never happened i guess it doesn't fucking matter right apparently anyway we cut back to the castle the two the two boy philip and his and his boy toy are so here's what happened. Supposedly, Philip Longshanks went to France to go fight a war, and he left his son in charge. That's why he's yeah. choked him a little bit. Yeah. And he comes back, and they're and he's all up in his room, and he's gonna stand up to his dad, and they're like still stupid at each other, and then they get a message in a box, and <laughs> the message it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> What's in the box? Tell me what's in the box. Brad Pitt was almost in this movie. <laughs> no. And uh, it's the head of the guy from from York. Yeah. Right? And uh, the prince's boyfriend starts talking out of turn, saying, we can send them back. We can do all this stuff. And the king, of course, kills him. Just th- chucks him out a window. Yep. And then his son immediately tries to kill him. And he slaps him around and kicks him a couple of times and says, you're going to be king. You Stop it. I'm angry. And I'm also evil, by the way. But we got to send <laughs> someone to go talk to uh, to Wallace. And it can't be you because you're gay. And you'll probably fall in love with him or something. Yeah. And I can't have that. <laughs> so I'm going to send your wife instead. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to send I'm going to send your wife. And despite the fact that I've clearly been made out to be evil, um I'm not just going to set a trap to kill him. 
Meanwhile, um, William has a dream about his wife. Yes. Why? Because to remind us that it's important to him. Mm-hmm. It's, they actually talk about how... Don't they talk about how this could be a trap when he's going to go out and meet Isabella or whatever? Oh, yeah. I think his uh, Hamish basically says, you know, it's a trap, right? Mm-hmm. But he's they like, all... yeah, but it's the plot. Yeah. Yeah. So they all go out there and he meets Isabella. And he's like, hi, I'm, I'm William Wallace. And she's like, my vagina just exploded because I want you so bad. And Sploosh! I only care about freedom and shit. <laughs> and I'm not going to, because she's like, okay, so if you stop it, if you stop it, um, we're going to give you all sorts of gold, and we're going to give you land, and you're going to get titles, and you're going to be able to live well. And he's like, I'm not all about that. I'm all about freedom. Yeah, freedom is my jam, baby. Can you clarify that point? What do you, what do you mean? I just want freedom for myself freedom, and my freedom people. Freedom from, from who? Well, just freedom, freedom, freedom just, for, just, yeah, like as a general freedom, concept, man. freedom. But freedom, if, man. But if you gain this freedom that you want, doesn't right. that just mean that you're going to be in service to a different king in Scotland? I don't pledge allegiance to any king, man. So you're going to fight the new king in Scotland? I just want freedom. So you're going to kill the new king, and then you're it, just going to tell everyone you're free? You're going to live in an anarchist society where there are it, no rules or laws or anything? If he tries to take my freedom. <laughs> oh, okay, well, good luck with that, psycho. If I, <laughs> can, if I can, before you go, Queen Isabel, if I can just close on one final point. Yes? Freedom. Great. Great. Okay. Well, for whatever reason, I'm gonna start daydreaming about you now. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye. Bye. Crazy. Bye. Bye. Crazy man. <laughs> crazy freedom man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she comes back and she tells Longshanks, "Yeah, well, um, I really like him, and um, can I? Is there a divorce?" Oh, no, that's a long way off, isn't it? That's a long way off. No, we're not that's even anywhere close to there yet. Several hundred years. And that's when the king starts making his plots about how he's going to get him. How yeah. he's going to get him. I'm going to get him. And she's like, I admire him. And he's like, you're done. Nobody asked you. No one asked. No one cares. <sighs> anyway, so what are they doing? Um, one of Princess Isabella's ladies comes up and gives him a, a note gives him like a warning that the king is plotting against because there's well i think what the, the deal is is that they're the king is going to lead an english army to meet wallace's army but he has also he's already secretly ordered another army around behind yeah. wallace so they're going to sneak yeah. attack him and so uh princess not uh, only is princess isabella seven years old but she's in france <laughs> <laughs> yes. She doesn't. She doesn't come to this country until 1308. So she's like well, not there. As we've discussed, at all. As we've discussed, this movie takes certain liberties. What do you mean? It take. It took all the liberties. It was like, <laughs> there is there a liberty left? left. <laughs> I wanted some liberties. This movie took all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so now Wallace knows that it's and also one of the armies that Edward that, that Longshanks is sending after him is an Irish army. That's right. But the Irish guy says, "Don't worry. I'm 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 I. Ireland's my island." Yeah. And I, one random Irish guy, will be able <laughs> will be able to turn this irish army uh, against the king that probably recruited and paid them that's right so and then, they will and they will fight for you so then <clears throat> wallace goes back to the lords 
And he's like, will you help me? And they're like, no, okay, uh, I guess maybe eh, Robert sure. the Bruce is there and he's still twisting his his underwears and he's like, eh. <laughs> <sighs> Did you know that Wallace and Robert the Bruce never met in real life? It doesn't surprise me given how this movie's going. <laughs> <laughs> They have a nice long talk where once again he talks about I don't know freedom and freedom you should that's be the his jam and, and he's like and and Robert the Bruce is like I promise I will help you right yeah and then he goes immediately upstairs to talk to his decaying father and he's like no 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 this is what you're gonna do you're gonna betray him see for power and money yeah that's the ticket yeah you're gonna do that don't look at my face yeah. <laughs> And so they get ready for the battle, and they pour pitch all over all the over the battlefield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happens to pitch when it gets cold? I does I don't does it get sticky? I'm gonna it, guess it hardens. Yeah. And we're in Scotland, so it's gonna be cold. <laughs> you figure? Yeah, just a yeah. just a little yeah. bit. But then again, the army show up, and oh, the nobody Longshanks seems to notice there. that the ground has been coated with a strange substance. That's right. And Longshanks is there next to a mysterious man who is wearing a helmet over his head, and he's carrying yeah. a lance. Yeah, I wonder what his deal is. I, I sure, I sure hope when we find out who he is, it won't be fucking ridiculous. It's gonna, yeah. That's basically that's that's it. That's it. Uh, anyway, so this is the Battle of Falkirk. <laughs> Yep, the quote Battle of Falkirk, unquote. The quote, unquote, Battle of Falkirk. <laughs> and yes, Prince Edward, uh, I'm sorry, King Edward I was there. Um, and it didn't quite happen the way it showed. So first thing that didn't happen was he sends in the Irish privateers and they go running in and they start charging like you don't do. And then they meet in the middle and they all say hi because the Irish are going to turn against them. See, because yeah, that's, yeah. that's didn't. That didn't happen. Yeah. And Stephen's like, I told you it was my island. Right. Like, yep. So you're not crazy? Then they shot arrows. To... They shot flaming arrows to ignite the pitch, which wouldn't ignite because it's hardened. Yep. It's well, not you know. fucking gasoline. It, <laughs> it looks like that. You know, that, that was one of my thoughts watching the movie was, was like, is, is that supposed to be gasoline? They didn't it's have gasoline. It's supposed to be something like that. And then they watch them burn and then they go, okay, let's go. And they all start fighting. And then he turns because he's expecting the other guys to come riding in, and then they turn away. Can you believe yeah, they, it? Yeah, they betrayed The Scottish William lords Wallace. turned away because they all got titles and shit. And mm-hmm. in reality, they probably turned away because they knew that they weren't going to be able to win this fucking battle. <laughs> And everyone's getting shot. And then, um, he, then, <laughs> Jesus, King Edward I says, shoot, shoot arrows into the field. Uh, I don't care if my own men are out there. Do you know what would happen to a king if it ever, if the, if the populace ever found out that he shot arrows at his own men? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. But they do it, and everyone's getting shot. No, no, Hamish's dad is injured, and everybody's hurt except for the important people. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're done, and they're going to ride away. But Wallace, despite the fact that he has an arrow in him, gets, he grabs a horse. gets on a horse and starts riding after him with a sword. By the way, I haven't really been mentioning uh, Mel Gibson using the longsword yes. that he's been using 
completely incorrectly, doing things <laughs> that no one can do with uh, what is basically a two-hand... It's a claymore. Um, but he's doing it. Boy, oh boy, everything's wrong. Everything's <laughs> wrong. Anyway, so for whatever reason, um, the helmeted guy with the lance turns back, and they have he kills his horse, and he falls down, <coughs> and then he pulls the helmet up. But no, no. Who is it, Steve? I know you're not going to believe this, because it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things in this incredibly ridiculous movie. But believe it or not, the mask Lance guy is Robert the Bruce. Why? What, what are the odds of that? Not only what are the odds of that, why was he why? there in the first place? Yeah, why why, why yeah, was he it, disguised? Why was he there? Yeah, it's it, it makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all, except that they wanted a fucking phony, like, shocking reveal mm-hmm. at this point so that Wallace could see him and be like, oh, you've betrayed me. And, and, and of course, Wallace... Yeah. He's, he's heartbroken and his spirit is broken and he's just like sinks down to the ground and the English are, are advancing on their position and from the other side some of the Scottish guys are coming up and Robert the Bruce has a moment of, of a pang of conscience and he's like oh no what have I done and he picks Wallace up and he throws him on the horse with the Irish guy and he's like get him out of here because he has realized that could you imagine he, if someone made a movie yes where they treated let's just take a wild stab George Washington like this. Oh, man. Where he was flip-flopping back and forth, literally betraying. <laughs> the, yeah, the revolution and the then revolution, changing his mind. And then having a change of heart because, I don't know, Sam Adams died or something. Yeah, and he was bummed. He was a little bummed. He was like, oh, man, they killed Sam. Shit. I mean, we're at a place where we could admit the great things about our leaders in the United States and the bad things about our past leaders in the United States. I'm not trying to say that George Washington was the greatest guy in the world, but he did do a lot during the Revolutionary War. We know what he did. He's considered a hero. I, I know I have problems with the man himself. But, but he was never he he was he was loyal to the cause you the know, idea yeah, right yeah you know he put limits on his own power because he believed that was what he's supposed to do because he believed in it even though other people were like you could be king and he's yeah. like no <laughs> yeah that's kind of what we fought this whole <laughs> thing for <laughs> what was the point if you make me king <laughs> but what if they took that and said what if he really wanted to be king. Right. And we just kept flip-flopping back and forth. Maybe he's going to be king. Maybe he's not going to be king. And then also, one of his set of dentures were fangs. And he goes out at night and he hunts and murders children. <laughs> and also, what if the movie's not even about him? That's what they're fucking doing to Robert the Bruce. Yeah. Anyway, so they escape with Wallace, right? Yes. Uh, and then Hamish's father somehow... And I don't know how this happened. Does Wallace have the handkerchief with the embroidered thistle on? Yeah, that's where he gets yeah, it. Yeah, he has it, yeah. And he, we cut back to the river, and Hamish's father dies. And Wallace is all like, time to get my revenge on again, I guess. But, yep. uh, but first, maybe I should heal from this obvious lung-puncturing arrow that's sticking <laughs> out of my chest. Just, just you know, put some mud in it. It'll be fine. And <laughs> just put some mud in it. It'll be Stick fine. Stick your finger in. Yeah, just put some pressure on it for a few mm-hmm. minutes. It'll be fine. We cut to Robert the Bruce 
staring in shock as he walks through the battlefield. Because this is the... This is... Boy, oh boy. Anyway... (laughs) He goes back to his dad and he starts yelling at his father about how he betrayed him, saying out loud things we already saw, right? Because we needed him to say things out loud. Like, I I took that away from him, blah, blah, blah. It's a very powerful scene, I guess. The guy's a good actor. He's trying his best. Yeah, he's acting the shit out of it, yeah. And then uh, we cut back to one of the lords that portrayed him, and he's having a nightmare. Yeah. Where and then he wakes up, and he has an even worse nightmare. <laughs> yeah, because somehow... <laughs> okay, so this part where he starts killing the lords nev- also didn't happen. He he was an ambassador, <laughs> for fuck's sake. He, he was out of Scotland doing ambassadorial duties. But in this movie... He rides his horse into a guy's castle. Yes, he's somehow he sneaks into the guy's bedroom on a horse. <laughs> All right, tippy-toe horse. Okay, we're going to take your shoes off. <laughs> he, he, he sneaks into the guy's bedroom on a horse and mm-hmm. beats him to death with a mace. Well, first of all, he comes in, guy wakes up, sees Wallace, guy remains in bed. Yes. Wallace slowly trots up to the bed, (laughs) takes out the weapon, and swings it over his head and hits him in the face and kills him. At any point, this man could have said, help, guards, (laughs) scream, running. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. He just lays there. And then Wallace has to get away, and I guess what he—the uh, only thing he can do—is ride his horse out of a. Okay, Steve. <laughs> so we're in this dude's bedroom. Yes. Which has a ramp that leads up oh. to a full-size door mm-hmm. to nothing. Yeah, it's convenient how that let's, works, isn't it? Let's let's ref- let's. Okay, so. The door, his room is apparently five stories up. Yep, 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 ov- yep Overlooking yep. a lake. Yep. And his bedroom has a ramp yep. to a full-size double door. Indeed, indeed it does. To nothing. <laughs> to nothing. Because a horse, you've, see, you've seen what castle windows look like. They're small. A horse can't fit through one of those. Steve! But he needs to jump out of the window on a horse. So there you go. And then he said, you know what room I want? I want the room that has a ramp and the doubles, the, the double doors that lead to nowhere. To, to nowhere. To yeah. <laughs> he wanted that room. Anyway, he rides his horse, house, horse out and uh, they fall in the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. The horse obviously dies. Yeah, right? I, can't imagine, I can't imagine the horse made it. No, but somehow... No one circled around and just shot arrows directly into the lake to kill Wallace. Yeah, they were there, there were a bunch of guards in that room. They knocked him over with the horse, though. Yeah. That's instant death. Oh, that's right. Meanwhile, we cut back to Robert the Bruce, who looks very upset. He's not And the other guys time. are talking to him like, he's killing everybody. And he's like, we deserve it. We're bad people. I'm Robert the Bruce, <laughs> the hero of Scotland. I suck. I'm bad. I suck. <laughs> And then somebody, somehow, a ghost. I don't know what it is. <laughs> one of the Lord's bodies just drops on the table. Yeah. No one looks up to see who dropped it. Nope. How did that happen? Was it tied there the whole time? Did somebody push it through a skylight or something? <laughs> no, who knows? <sighs> anyway, 
So then we cut back to Wallace, who's running around all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, more helicopter shots. Mm-hmm. More shots of him, you know, really sticking it to the to the the English. Um, oh, oh, Longshanks is sick. Oh, with no. Something. He's coughing and stuff. He's not looking good. And uh, Isabella's servant is listening in. And I guess she tells her everything, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, well, it appears that he likes pussies, so why don't we tell him that he's going to meet with Isabella? And they're like, it's a trap. And he's like, I know. And since they know it's a trap, they, there's this like wood thatch building, because that's all the Scottish know how to build. Yeah. And there's some guards there. And then they run up, and they push him in, and then they block it with a cart, and they set it on fire. Yeah, and take that, English. I wish we would have heard, help, help. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? It's Isabella. <laughs> I've brought orphans with what me. About, what have you done? What about the children? <laughs> oh, by the way. Um, in the first time they meet, she brought gold with her. Mm-hmm. And when she re- returned to the castle, she told uh, Longshanks that she distributed the gold to, you know, the poor children and to stuff like that. To the orphans and stuff, yeah. And Longshanks scoffs at her and says, oh, that's just like a woman, blah, blah, blah. He may have been a bastard, but he had a tendency to freely give his money to the English yeah. people in almost the same manner. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, great. So the only thing that we really could latch onto him as a, as a decent person, you've taken well, that away, too. Well, and I mean, the thing is, I think the point that this movie misses, and I think a lot of movies that are, that are you know, made more for entertainment value that are set in this period of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, all of these English kings, all of the kings in this period of history, most kings who have ever ruled have been assholes to one degree yeah. or another. That's not yeah. the problem. The problem, but what... But, but, you know, in, especially in this period of English history, most uh, the, the 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 throne was not that secure of a position. No, like, it wasn't. Kings were always worried that they were going to be betrayed or toppled by by the noblemen that they were surrounded by. That someone else was after the crown. Like it that was they not. They were in danger. Their children yeah, were in danger. Absolutely, it, it was, was not hard to secure a legacy and maintain. Yeah, the throne. They and, were. Un, they, they, there was like a siege mentality because they were constantly being threatened by people who were ambitious and wanted their they position. They didn't build castles because they thought they were neat. No, they built castles so that they could survive a siege. And so, so for the most part, even though yeah, they were they were all bastards, mm-hmm. but they weren't the kind of bastards that would just go out and do needlessly cruel things just because they felt like it. They, they knew how far they could push yeah, the people. Exactly. They didn't want to antagonize either the you know the nobles or the common people any more than they had to because they were mm-hmm. constantly under threat. And they knew that if they, you know, this could be the thing that loses me, that, that gets me killed or that loses mm-hmm. me my, my throne. You were so, considered yeah. a good king if you made money for the nobles. Right. Basically. And then hopefully that would <laughs> trickle down to the peasants who worked the land that the nobles owned. But in this movie, this guy doesn't act like a king at all. No. He acts like a psychotic tyrant and they wrote him to be one. And there's no way he would have made it to the age that he is if he oh, was no. a psychotic tyrant. Someone would have killed him. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no way he would have. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so they burned down. She's not in the, the thing when they no, burned she's, down. No, she's it's, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then we cut to her 
he does meet with her secretly. Yeah. And she's like, take my pussy. I don't want <laughs> Basically. He's like, freedom, freedom. And she's like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, shut just up. get over here. God, just climb on top of me. God damn it. Yeah. This is the second vir- virgin that you've had in this film. Take me with your, take me with your rough Highland ways, mm-hmm. you filthy pig farmer. <laughs> and now I guess they're in love. <laughs> Apparently, they've they, they've met twice. She seems super into him. Yep. Yeah. There's a great scene here right after they meet and they, they part where they're showing them riding their horses down this long trail. It's this nice big wide shot. And, but if <laughs> but if you notice, as the shot starts to fade out, a van or a car starts driving down the road at the very <laughs> Because they didn't give a fuck. Best picture. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. Nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> Nobody gave a fuck about anything in this movie. Uh, anyway, um, Robert the Bruce's dad has gone really bad. I mean, like, he, he's all covered up and gross and scabby. Like, yeah, and his nose giving, is about to fall off. Like He's, he's still giving bad advice. <laughs> Longshanks is coughing up a lung every time we see him. Isabel is walking around... Just literally clawing at herself at the memory of having had sex with William Wallace. And um, this is when one of the dudes that portrayed him came up and said, Stop killing us. We're willing to join you. This is not a trap. (laughs) Just come to the castle and talk to Robert the Bruce. We swear to God it's not a trap. We promise. We promise promise and even his guys say this is a trap and he says i know but i've got to go because now i'm a dipshit (laughs) you're like why do you have to go exactly because i have to have my sacrificial death oh it's the only reason why and so he says goodbye and they i guess they follow behind him and robert the bruce is all excited because he's gonna finally meet his hero william wallace he's so happy (laughs) we're all gonna join and wallace comes in and uh he waves at him and he's like oh boy and then all (laughs) the soldiers come out and they start beating up william wallace and robert the bruce um goes no (laughs) he's gonna blame me for this He's gonna play no. Get off of him! And they're like, just let it go. This he wasn't me this his, time, man. Mm-hmm. He runs up to his dad, and he's like, "You did it! I oh, oh I'm so mad at you right now." Mm-hmm. We're almost done. It wasn't Robert the Elder that betrayed William Wallace, right? You know that. It right? wasn't. No, it wasn't. Who was it? I can't remember his name. It was another Scottish nobleman right. um, that was loyal to King Edward. What was his name? I think John Menteith? I'm probably saying that name wrong. Um, and Wallace was, like, loyal to him. Was, like, had, had sworn loyalty to Menteith as well. And also, he wasn't captured <laughs> there. He was, he was, oh, you'll love this. Oh, boy. He was captured at what is now called Rob Royston. Oh, really? Which is named for a different Scottish hero. Yeah. Rob who, Roy McGregor. Who was the subject of a much better movie. <laughs> an infinitely better movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
I don't want to go through this. The last of this is just another snuff film. It pretty much is from this point on, yeah. So he's he's arrested he's, and he's, he's taken arrested. to London. He's given a trial. Yeah. He says, you know, I never swore a loath of loyalty loyalty to Prince to King Edward. Are you the king of the Jews? <laughs> and um <laughs> That's what it is. It's it's totally like Christ's trial before Pilate. That's totally what it is. That's what this is. That is what this is. Yeah, that's totally what it is. And they go, okay, great. Well, you'll be executed. But if you if you if you swear loyalty to King Edward, we'll we'll kill you quick rather than kill you slow. And this is the part that they decided to be accurate with, Steve. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of almost. They were a little less gruesome than his actual death. But before he dies, um, Isabel, who's uh, about nine, comes in and... <laughs> <laughs> developing wants... nicely, though, I must say. <laughs> yeah, she's developing nicely. She tells him she's pregnant, doesn't she? Does yes, yes. Well, and she well she 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 told the king. No, she hasn't told the king yet. Oh, okay. She tells the king in the next scene. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she tries to give him a drug that will make him uh, not feel the pain of what's coming. And he says, "No, I have to have my wits about me because if I scream, uh, you know, that um, would be bad. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I no, I'm, like I'm a man's man. Yeah, but I she don't convinces need no him to take it, and he takes it, and then he spits it out after she leaves." Yeah. What a what a he man. He's a man. He's a man's man. <laughs> so now she runs up to the king, who is bedridden and can't talk anymore. Convenient. Convenient. Her her, her gay husband is there, and she begs him. She's like, "Please spare him. Please spare him." Show. And he's like, "Nope." And she's like, "Oh, you don't have any mercy. Well, I'm gonna whisper you a secret." <laughs> and she's like, "You're gonna you're gonna die soon." And the baby that's in my stomach isn't your son's. It's William Wallace's. This is so much horseshit. I can't. I can't, Steve. <laughs> you mean William Wallace didn't secretly father a child with Isabel the, and and the Prince Edward of Wales? The second haven't even been married yet. They won't for a couple of years after the, the after Wallace is killed. But then we see him gurgle, right? Because he said that Wallace will die before he will. Right. Um, King Edward I dies two years after Wallace is killed, not in bed gurgling, but because he was battling. He was out. He was on some campaign, and he got oh, killed. Yeah. So more bullshit. And then we come out, and where we have oh god. Steve, just go through it. Just go through it. Oh, okay. Well, there's one thing that they did not do in this that he act- that they actually did to him. Okay, so everyone likes to know. Hey, what does hung, drawn, and quartered mean? <laughs> well, you're gonna find out. <laughs> you gonna find out. So they bring Let's him up break here. Break it down. <laughs> the uh, the car. Uh, the, he he's carted in where he's crucified. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. They got he's a big, they no, got no, a big no. old cross not, there for him. He wasn't. He was dragged in by a horse on the ground. He was okay. literally dragged in. They're throwing fruits and vegetables at him, including tomatoes. Hey, Steve, you want you want to go into why tomatoes isn't a thing that was thrown? I'm gonna guess because they didn't have tomatoes at this point. <laughs> That's right. He may as well be eating a big bar of chocolate and drinking some coffee as well. <laughs> eating a big old fat steamed potato because none of that shit existed <laughs> in England. So they bring him up. Dude's there, right? 
He has rosettes on his cloak. I'm just doing everything. Fuck it. Yeah, just he has hit, ro- hit them all. Hit them all. The, the, the main dude is like, kiss my robe. Kiss the symbol of the king. Well, they weren't rosettes. That's not a thing for this king. They were they were the fleur-de-lis. We all know what the fleur-de-lis looks like. Fuck, it's on Steve's state flag, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the little the pointy thing, yeah. Yeah, the, the <laughs> pointy thing. I don't know how else to describe it unless I'm going to just say the fleur-de-lis, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but he's got rosettes all over his shit. Um, he doesn't say anything, and he's like, okay, well, let's hang him. So they hang him. He's such a tough guy that he survives that, right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's still ready for more. Yeah, and then they say, okay, cut him down. Then they stretch him. Now, here's the thing. He didn't get stretched. They cut his testicles off. <laughs> hmm. I'd rather be stretched, I wonder why they honestly. changed that. <laughs> yeah. Why did they change that, Steve? They wanted an R rating, I'm going to guess. Uh-huh. And after the stretching, and we have to watch this whole thing, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they put him on a table. After the stretching, which was bullshit. We keep cutting away to the king and to Isabella, who's mildly upset. Mm -hmm. And they ask him again, this can all be over if you do this. And he's like, nope. And so now they put him on a table and uh, it's again shaped like a crucifix. Mm -hmm. Because fuck Mel Gibson and his messianic complex. This (laughs) This is everything that he wants, I guess. Uh, they cut his clothes open, and that's when they start cutting open his body and taking out his internal organs. Yeah, that was filmed. They have, oh, and they that cut, was and they and they cut that out. What a shame! Because there was no fucking way they weren't getting an NC-17 if that was kept in. Oh yeah, there was no it, way. It does kind of hurt the rating when you show your main character's guts being pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a little violent, you know. And then in one of the most disingenuous, um, and apparently it was filmed in graphic detail. So I'm sure it was. Thankfully, someone stepped in and said, no one will see this. No, if Mel. this is in here. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, no. Meanwhile, the crowd has turned on him. They were throwing fruits and vegetables. Now they're crying mercy because they want him to be killed because this is horrible. We're awful people for wanting this. Yeah. Although we were cheering it when the two the two little people at the beginning were doing we're like, like a pantomiming it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pantomiming it. And um, it looks like he's about to ask for mercy or whatever, claim loyalty, whatever it is. And um, somehow this man whose guts have been removed from his body. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> screams what, Steve? Plastics. <laughs> no, wait. No, he screams what else? He screams freedom. That's right. Because that's his and whole it's thing. So, he says it so loud that even people who aren't present that are literally could not hear him if he wanted to. I Robert mean, the Bruce hears it at his place. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to, you know, Robert the Bruce is trying to decide whether or not he wants seed cake or if he wants regular bread with his dinner. He can't make up his mind and he hears freedom. Rob, uh, King, <laughs> King Edward um, hears it and goes, oh, I've been foiled and dies. Which he doesn't in real life, but fuck eh, it. Fuck it. And meanwhile, they've decided, okay, we're time to chop off his head. And so he, Wallace looks out in the audience and he sees the ghost of his wife, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Who doesn't seem to be upset to see her husband. No, she's like, I'm just here open. to watch. <laughs> somehow, somehow, 
he has the handkerchief, right? In his hand, yeah. In his hand that falls down. How did he get that? I don't know. At one point, when I think it's when they drop him down after he was stretched, uh, he bends over and picks it up. Oh, so like Bruce he, had it. Well, yeah, but he 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 had it the whole time that he was there. But I, they didn't really establish mm. it, at least not that I noticed, uh, un, until he drops it from his hands after they drop him from being stretched, and, mm. and then he picks it back up. And at that point, it, I was like, "How long has he had that?" <laughs> it was in Scotland. King Edward was doing another invasion into Scotland. That's when he died. Two years after this. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, so then we cut to an undefined period of time later. Some time later, yeah. In in reality, it was nine years. And Robert the Bruce is uh, in charge. Is running the show now. Yep, and he's gonna go up there and swear fealty, and the Scottish Kingdom will be under the British whatever, and uh, nothing's accurate. And then there's, I mean, Jesus, I don't even know what Robert the Bruce is wearing at this point. It seems to be a, a quilt with rivets. <laughs> and. <laughs> and um, he takes the handkerchief from his gauntlet, which I guess he's been holding on for about, you know, um, I don't know, nine years. Sure. He looks at it and gives a look to the only two surviving, which is the Irishman, who's actually a Scotsman, and the Scotsman, who's actually an Irishman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the gang's all here. And, yeah, the gang's all here. And um, he rides out. He still looks like he's lost, right? His <laughs> He just looks like he's lost. <laughs> The bad English people on the other side said, I hope you washed your ass because you're about to have a king kiss all over. Oh, we're so evil. We're bad guys. We're bad guys. And <laughs> this is supposed to be the Battle of uh, Bannockburn. Bannockburn. And um, no one seems to have changed, right? Nope. I mean, his two friends look about the same age. Yep. Robert the Bruce looks exactly the same. It yeah. doesn't Well, yeah, matter. I mean, the, the, yeah, the impression that the, the movie never establishes how long it's been. The movie gives the impression that this is very shortly after Wallace's execution. Right. Yeah. He turns around and he said, you bled with Wallace. Will you ble- bleed for me? People should have said, you betrayed him. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't trust you. Like, they should have attacked him. Some soldiers that were in the battle from nine years ago are in it like that young guy with the stick. <laughs> Yeah. I think he still has a stick. He's wearing the same fucking clothes he was from nine years ago. and But everyone goes, hurrah. And then Hamish goes, oh, I've been carrying this around for just such an occasion. And he takes out William Wallace's sword and throws it. Yes, because that's it, what you want to do before a battle is throw mm-hmm. your sword away. And Robert the Bruce whips out what is supposed to be a stirring thing seen with Robert the Bruce pulling his sword but he looks terrified. Yes. He looks terrified. Not not stern with purpose. Not finally my character has come, uh, come together. Nope. And they all start running towards the camera because of course they are. None of them are wearing armor because of course not. None of them have the same weapon because why? Fuck it. Who gives a shit? And then we cut to, you know, the Claymore stuck in the ground. Yeah. And Robert the Bruce. Is it Robert the Bruce? No, it's it's, it's Wallace. The final narration is Wallace. Oh, he comes back from the dead as a yep. ghost. Yep. <laughs> and he said that the Scots won their freedom at the Battle of uh, Bannockburn. Um, and uh, they yeah. were free, right? He says, he says, they fought like warrior poets. Mm-hmm. They fought like Scotsmen. Now... They're Scotsmen, sure. When have they ever 
said warrior poets to you? Like, do these people seem like warrior poets? They don't really. Not not terribly. But whatever. They they clearly indicated that none of them could read or write. Yeah, they were. They but I guess it, it, you know it's not as stirring uh, if you said they fought like musky brutes. Now Bannockburn, what happened after that? There was a peace treaty of thirteen twenty eight, and that lasted only for a few years. Oh. And then King Edward III conquered f- way into Scotland territory than, than, than Edward I ever did. But the end of this movie sounded like, and they were free forever the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which, uh, not to spoil anything, but like, Scotland is part of the United Kingdom today. <laughs> it's, it's not an independent country. They just so. recently had a vote to leave. It lost, but a lot of them had second thoughts after after fucking uh, Brexit passed. Yeah, all they were like, "Can we get out of here?" Actually, <laughs> there was another line in here where I think it was it was Wallace. It was talking to Robert the Bruce. A conversation that never happened, in which he indicated that the Scottish had been under English rule for hundreds of years, for a hundred years. Yes, when in fact it had been two. Uh, you know, you guys, the, who can count that far? I mean, you know. Anyway, um, <sighs> this shithole, this is done, right? We're done? We're this done. Is done. We're, this, we're, the movie's over. Oh, thank Christ. Steve? The end. <laughs> Steve. Yes, Jason. Yes, my friend. Please tell me what you think of this historic epic that was so good it swept the Oscars. Proving once and for all, please, if I accomplish anything with this podcast, I will convince some people that the Oscars are not worth your time. They're useless, worthless trinkets given to rich people from other rich people. (gasps) Can you please tell me what you think of Braveheart? A movie so inaccurate that even the title is wrong. <laughs> Which, you know, really tells you everything you need to know right there. Um, <laughs> I, I, Before I get into my spiel here, I do want to point out the, the historical inaccuracies are obviously very important to you. Yes. And that's and that's fair. Like that's it's however you you know however you respond to the movie is how you respond to the movie. I have reasons for it, and I'll I'll say them. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll bit. yeah when when you say when you give your part, I'm sure you'll talk about it. But I I honestly do not really care about that. Um, I I try to judge it based on what is on screen and how well it works as a movie. You know, on its own merit. So like I said at the beginning of our show here, I mean, I'm willing to spot it all of the historical inaccuracies. It really doesn't make a difference (laughs) because even if it was completely historic, like even if everything that happened in this movie really happened in history, this still is not a good movie. Um, No. What happens when you have a lot of money and a solid cast and some compelling episodes from history as inspiration, but no idea what the fuck you're doing? Yep. What happens is Braveheart. (laughs) Um, And actually, I, I mean... No idea what the fuck you're doing might be a little harsh because technically speaking, this isn't a badly made film. Um, at worst, it's just kind of uninspired and functional. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's never like actually bad. The people who made the movie, at least the people like the, the guys on the crew, you know what I mean? The people who are making actually making the movie, they knew what they were doing. This is a professionally made movie. Um, it's never actually like bad, but it's almost never all that good. 
which is the problem, especially since there's three hours of it. Um, and I think that the most significant of the film's problems is that I don't know who William Wallace is. And I don't mean like as a historical figure, I mean the character in this movie. I don't know who he is. Um, the movie tells us his story, starting when he's a child, carrying it all the way through when he's executed. He's supposedly this commoner, this farmer, this guy who comes home after years of traveling around, and he just wants to settle down and start a family. But instead, he becomes the leader of this rebellion, this great warrior, and, and ultimately this martyr. And I have no mm -hmm. idea why he does any of it, other than he just really is pissed that they killed his wife. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not a bad reason, but there's lot freedom, Steve. There's a lot. Yeah, freedom. exactly. And yeah, how could I forget freedom? Um, but so, you know, we're, we're shown that his father and his uncle both teach him or at least at least pay lip service to him that wits are more important than strength and fighting skill. Um, we see that he can speak multiple languages as an adult because he does it to impress chicks. Um, mm -hmm. But he never really comes across as all that smart or all that deep of a thinker. He just seems like like he's just as much of a brute as everyone else on his side. He's just a little bit more audacious and ambitious of a brute. Um, I don't get why freedom is more important to him than it is to anyone else. He's, the, he's not the only one who has suffered under the English in this movie. He's not the only one whose family has been killed, whose wife has been killed, or at the very least been brutalized by the English in this movie. But there are multiple scenes where the other Scots, even people who are like his close allies, like Hamish and Stephen, are like, mm -hmm. well, maybe we should just negotiate a peace and end the war. And Wallace is the only one who's like, no, but freedom. <laughs> like the other characters who are fighting with him are like, maybe it's time we just negotiate a truce. But freedom. Yep. And and I don't get what makes him different from the other characters. And that's a big problem for me. Um, the depiction of the English in the movie is another problem for me. And it's anglophobic. It definitely well, it definitely is. Um, it's and it, it's not that they're the bad guys. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with depicting the brutality and the authoritarianism and the exploitation of, of English rule. I'm sure it was brutal. I'm sure, especially from the Scottish point of view, it, it, mm. it, it was. And a movie like this needs villains. Sure. But the movie goes so overboard. So there's no mistaking who the bad guys are. We have that scene that we mentioned earlier of, of King Edward shooting arrows at his own people. Because yep. he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just that, he's that evil. He's like, if, I, if we have to kill a bunch of our own men to kill the Scots, go ahead, fuck it, who cares? Um, we have the scene when the soldier is uh, trying to rape Murren, uh, yeah. Wallace's wife. And it's not enough that he's sexually assaulting her. He's got to be as gross as possible while he does it, licking her and drooling on her and just being a gross mm -hmm. weirdo on top of being a rapist. <laughs> so we get it. Like, well, they're all gross weirdos. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. He's, you know, he's the bad guy you know right he, um and we get the bit with prince edward being portrayed as gay and that mm -hmm. being depicted as a negative thing and as a part well, of his villainy because prince edward ii probably was yeah but it's difficult to confirm but he wasn't the guy in this movie yeah well and, and the thing is it, it's portrayed as a part of his of his villainy um mm -hmm. which you know it's the 90s and that was still a thing and also mel gibson made the movie <laughs> and 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 as we now know, Mel Gibson is a deeply bigoted, ignorant person. And and that yeah. obviously extends to his feelings about gay people, regardless of what he tried to say after this to make excuses and half 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 acidly apologize when people did because right. people did complain about it at the time. 
Um, yeah, they and did. He, and he was like, oh, I don't have anything against gay people. And they were like, okay, but it kind of seems like you do. Um, <laughs> you know, so none of this should necessarily be a surprise, but it's it's a problem with the movie. Um, this what you mentioned that it won a, it won some Oscars. Uh, it won Best Picture, of course. It won Best Director. Which yeah. just goes to prove my point that I mentioned, I think, last episode when we when we decided we were going to do this. Um, the Academy loves it when actors direct, and most especially when actors direct movies where they themselves are the stars. And that is the only explanation I can think of for this movie winning Best Director, because there is nothing extraordinary about the direction of this movie. Um, one of the other big movies from this year was Apollo 13, which was directed by Ron Howard. Braveheart feels like it was directed by Ron Howard. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. if and if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that I, I do not mean that as a compliment. Apollo 13 forever. Apollo 13 if it listen. Meant never watching Braveheart again. A- Apollo 13 is such a better movie than this. Apollo 13 is a million times better than Braveheart. I'm with you. I would watch Apollo 13 continuously for the rest of my life before <laughs> I would watch Braveheart one more time. I agree with you. But Ron Howard is a shitty director. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, there, I mean, there, there are long stretches of Braveheart that feel like it's the most epic TV movie ever made. You know, um, mm. there are times when it's so basic. It's like they, they had so much money and so much, you, you know what I mean? And it's like it's this big epic movie and it's like it's shot like a TV show. Um, you want to hear something, Steve? Yeah. There's a four-hour cut of this movie. Oh, my God. There should be, <laughs> there should be a two-hour cut of this movie. <laughs> if there was a two-hour cut, it, it still wouldn't be good because the problems in it are too fundamental that you couldn't fix it all with editing. But That's true. But a two-hour cut would be a hell of a lot better than the three-hour cut um, because it's obvious the shit that they could cut out. Like they, I mean, I, I'm just, just having watched it once for this, and I, it, is, it had been mm. years. I, I saw it back in the day when it first came out, but you know, watching it for this was the first time I had seen it for a long time. But just watching it through, it's like it would be so easy to get this down to two hours. It would be so fucking easy. Um, But anyway, the movie, it also won Best Cinematography. And it won not just the Oscar, but the American Society of Cinematographers Award for Best Cinematography that year. Mm -hmm. Um, All due respect to John Toll, who is a fine cinematographer. He's not great or anything, but he's okay. He's, you know, he's he's a fine cinematographer. But that that award should have gone to Ireland and Scotland. (laughs) Because all of the best shots in the movie are landscapes where we see the gorgeous countryside. And much of it was actually shot in Ireland, not in Scotland. Um, But all of the most beautiful shots are those exteriors, those helicopter shots you mentioned, where you see just the the gorgeous landscape. And those are legitimately beautiful shots. But, Uh you know, and, and so, yes, it is good cinematography, but do you really deserve the award for being the guy who says, let's point the camera out the helicopter Yeah, and look at how beautiful the, the landscape is like, mm-hmm. you know, who wouldn't make this movie and do that. So anyway, um, it's just a flat movie. It's flat. It's tonally all over the place. Sometimes it, especially in some of the action scenes, it plays like a fucking cartoon. Like that yep. scene, the first big action scene at the village, um, when he comes back and he's like fighting everybody and he throws the sword at the guy. Mm-hmm. That's like a fucking cartoon. I mean, that's an uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, thing. exactly. He throws a sword at a guy and it hits him and then he hacks somebody's leg off and he hacks well, somebody. The it's, guy who comes, remember, this guy is screaming from yards away. Yeah. His sword is above his head. I don't know what he's planning on doing as he's running, screaming at him <laughs> completely open. His chest is a perfect target. Yeah. 
and he and he whips a sword right into him. Um, yeah. So yeah, at at best, it's competently directed. Um, it has no ambitions beyond being shallow and quote unquote inspirational um, mm-hmm. and crowd pleasing Oscar bait. It's a movie. It just it seems it, it moves from battle scene to inspirational street speech to battle scene to inspirational speech. It's just it's full of shit. Um, it's an and, and full of shit. Even not even taking into account the historical inaccuracies, just the way the story mm-hmm. is told. The, just it's just full of shit. Um, it's an hour too long, and when it's over, I don't feel like I know anything more about William Wallace, the historical figure or the character in this movie, than I did when the movie started. So no, it's 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 a terrible movie, and I definitely don't recommend it. <laughs> Yay, my turn. Your turn. Time for you to shut up so I can talk. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Imagine, if you will, that someone made a movie about Abraham Lincoln, and it was all based on the propaganda to get Lincoln elected. All the fake stories about the old log splitter. Not any of the true stuff about him being a lawyer, but all of the propaganda, the electioneering stuff, the rumors, the legends that we know aren't true. Imagine making a movie about George Washington and you used only the legend stuff. I cannot tell a lie. You know, all of that stuff. I don't even know if throwing a dollar across the fucking Potomac is a real thing that ever It's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not. It's not. And that was what they based the movie on. They based it on the legend, but not the actual person. That's what they've done here. And in the process of doing it... They took a legitimate Scottish hero and turned him into someone that the people don't recognize. And that's Robert the Bruce, a legitimate Scottish hero. He gets played so badly in this at the expense of the fake story that they're telling that I have no doubt that people in Scotland got pissed off when they saw this. Now, remember last week when I told you guys that I, this was included in White Savior, because for some reason, when I think of the movie, I'm thinking of a white savior trope in this film. Yeah. And this is kind of what that is. Wallace is apart from everybody, right? He's, I guess, educated. There's a scene when he's talking to fucking Isabel where he speaks Latin and then he speaks French to show off that he knows several languages or whatever. But he's always the guy who everyone should be following because he has the right ideas up until he goes, all of a sudden I'm dumb, I'm walking into a trap. But he's the guy that is leading these poor, dirty peasants to freedom. Yes. What is freedom in 1297? I don't think there is such a thing. What the real Wallace was fighting for was for Scotland to be sovereign and have its own borders. He was serving the king. He was serving, you know, he was basically serving the lords that were in Scotland at that time. It was not some revolutionary everyone will be free. There was no freedom for everybody. And one of the problems that I have when you take something, you claim it to be historical and then throw everything out is, you know, people can say, well, if they want to know more, they can always look up the real the, the real William Wallace. That's true. If someone got inspired and they wanted to know more, they could look it up and then find out crushingly that everything, <laughs> every fucking lies. thing in the movie is fucking lies. But the majority of people 
don't. They go see this movie and they say, this is the true history of, of this. And they're like, oh, that's great. Oh, boy, why, why aren't there more statues of William Wallace? And oh, isn't it great that even though he died, Scotland gained its independence? And it's like, yeah, for about three years. But yeah. we're not going to mention that. This is propaganda. Old propaganda. Old propaganda that was being used in Scotland. There's a reason why it's based on the poem and not the history. And I think it's because when um, the author, the, the, the writer for this movie, had a decision to make, and he could go with the propaganda, which makes him seem super cool, or <laughs> the real guy where we don't really know a whole lot about him, right? He did some things. He is considered a hero. Um, he was killed that way. Yes, there are names that are accurate in the in the movie. But when you finally decide, we're just going to tell an entire movie of bullshit, you're feeding that bullshit as facts to people. And I don't care if it doesn't really matter, Jason. It's modern times now, and who cares? Who gives that? There was a rise of Scottish nationalism after this movie came out. Just a little bit. I don't know if that's true, but people have reported it, that there was a rise of Scottish nationalism. Now, that could be a good thing, because quite honestly, I think Scotland should no longer be part of the UK. <laughs> that's just me. I know that uh, we have people in the UK who wants everything whole, and that's fine. That's that's your guys' stuff. That has nothing to do with us. I just have a personal opinion, and, and that's it. But movies have the power to inform. This movie decided inform... No, we want our we want to express fifis about freedom that they couldn't really have back in the day. But freedom, freedom. I am so sick of hearing the word freedom from this movie. I don't even know if they knew what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, they took a, a they took someone who belonged to the gentry, the landowner, someone with power and education, and they turned him into a farmer who never farms anything. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, what is he wander, farming? He seems to wander around his, his thatched hutch in order for him to be raised above the other people. The other people had to be illiterate and dirty and living in stone, you know, stone huts with thatched roofs. You know, it was like... They they not only did a disservice to the Scottish people and their history, but then they took it and they fed it to the rest of the fucking world. And that's why I have a problem when it comes to in inaccuracies. Now, as far as the film goes, as a straight film, this is a paint-by-numbers. Yeah. This is a paint-by-numbers. We have a guy and his wife. And we fridge her real quick and kill her <laughs> off. So that'll motivate him to do something. And then his motivation changes at some point. How does it change? Who cares? Shut up. Shut up. It was revenge, but now it's freedom from the bad English guys. You mean the ones he was tolerating prior? Shut up, I said. <laughs> well, how does this make the Scottish look? Everyone in Scotland betrays them. Betrays him. Yeah. They didn't. But that's what happens in the movie. Because it had to happen, right? One guy eventually does betray him because he's loyal to Edward. But it's not the guy that they show in the movie, is it? Nope. They could have made this. They could have made this movie. They could have filled in some stuff where there are gaps in, in Wallace's history. But we know enough about him that he's, he's still just an interesting character. But they needed to change him to make him more appealing to a mass audience. That's why he's a goddamn farmer. Not because because people would be like, oh, well, he was rich already. To me, a guy who's rich already that rebels against the English is more interesting yeah. than 
having to fucking kill off. I mean, this guy didn't get married. He didn't have kids. He was kind of committed to what he was doing in regards to fighting, fighting the English. But we had to give him motivation. So what was the motivation? Oh, his wife died. They were married for a day, and now he misses her so bad. And none of it happened. And when I look at this movie, I'm like, none of this fucking happened. And then they told a movie that is, just like Steve said, flat, boring. There's nothing inspirational here. Yes, Scotland is pretty from a helicopter, and I, I guess mostly Ireland is pretty from a helicopter <laughs> as well. But it wasn't enough to make me go, okay, I can divorce all of that. I, I don't care about the historical accuracy, even though it really is starting to grade on me. But I've seen historical fiction done correctly. And what they were doing was historical fiction. But they were using real people's names. I mean, would you want our history to be told this way 200 years from now by a filmmaker who just up and decides that, I don't know, Trump was actually fighting for our <laughs> What if they based a movie on Trump only based on his propaganda? Yeah. And that's what's dangerous about this. We have entire groups of people who are living lies based on the propaganda from the Third Reich, for fuck's sake. Making a movie based on propaganda is not a good idea, and that's what this movie does. Aside from it just being a relatively boring movie, which is what it is. And it has all that stuff, the stirring speeches to anger up the blood, and oh, freedom and freedom and freedom, but no one ever stops to say what freedom, where, with who, and why. Yeah. What is what is this character's next step, right? What is the next thing he's going to do? I felt like, well, we ran out of shit, so we may as well get him betrayed and kill him. So he can, you know, scream freedom after having all of his guts taken out. So I didn't, I didn't like it, and I didn't like the messianic, all of the messianic imagery at the end. No. And um, it's something that apparently he just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna make." <laughs> I'm just gonna do a whole <laughs> movie of this. I'm just gonna do a whole movie with it. Fuck it. So no, I don't like it. I don't. I I don't. Steve, recommend something right now. I'm gonna recommend a movie that is about a guy who was rich already and still decided to rebel against the king. Okay. Um, as you know, Jason, and as other people who have paid attention to me on social media lately know, I've gone through a little bit of a Robin Hood phase recently. Jesus Christ, yeah. So, and I've had a great time doing it, too, by the way. I was um, really hoping you weren't going to bring this up. The movie I'm, really gonna, was... I, I'm not going to recommend the movie you might be afraid I'm going to recommend. Okay. Because okay? I'm saving that for a full episode. No, you're not. We're not doing it. <laughs> I, I have a birthday coming up next year. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, if the bridge is still burn actually it. there. We'll burn um, the bridge before we get to it. <laughs> no, I'm recommending another Robin Hood movie. It's actually, in the minds of most people, it's the Robin Hood movie. It's the 1938 Adventures of Robin Hood starring Errol Flynn. Yay! Um, and it's, first of all, unlike Braveheart, it's, uh, it's, it's 100 minutes. <laughs> So there you go. Um, it's all it's it, it is not noted for its historical accuracy either. No, but that's OK, because the Rob, the Robin Hood story is mostly a legend to begin with. Um, and you, mm. you you don't you don't necessarily go to a Robin Hood movie expecting historical historical accuracy. accuracy. You want to see people wearing far too many bright colors. 
shooting arrows at each other and you know uh-huh. and that's basically what you get and it's got a, okay. it's, it's got a terrific cast in addition to errol flynn you got olivia de havilland as maid marion you've got basil rathbone as guy of gisborne because in this version the sheriff the sheriff of nottingham is in it but he's not really a, an important character the main antagonist for robin is sir guy of gisborne um also claude rains is evil prince john um, it's just, it's, it's a fun swashbuckling adventure movie, classic old school Hollywood, a technicolor, it looks beautiful. Um, it's, it's just great a sword fights. great sword fights, great action. Um, it's just a fun movie and, 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 and a, a very important sort of touchstone for its genre. Uh, it's kind of the definitive version of this type of movie. Um, Filmed in Chico, California. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's cool. I've been to that park. Have you? Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just cla- it's a classic old school Hollywood action adventure movie. It wa- and and it was uh, I think at at the time it was the most expensive movie Warner Brothers had ever made, which is funny because the the Robin Hood movie that was the big Robin Hood movie before this one, the 1922 version with Douglas Fairbanks, was also the most expensive movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why they remade it. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's like they kept making these super expensive Robin Hood movies every every you know 15 years or so. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. It is it is fun. It is lively. It is a hoot. It is enjoyable to watch. It's everything that Braveheart is not. So if you're depressed after having watched Braveheart, if you watch Braveheart and you're like, I, I thought it was better than this. I remember it being better. <laughs> or I heard it was better or whatever. Uh, check out uh, the 1938 version of The Adventures of Robin Hood. Thanks, Steve. I'm going to recommend another movie that came out in 1995 about Scottish people, and this time it's good. And it's about another Scottish hero, and it's good, and I like it. And it's, you're going to watch it. It's not as it still has its inaccuracies, but I mean they're not as severe yeah. or widespread. And that movie is Rob Roy. Yeah, and we've mentioned it before because it has the greatest sword fight ever in it, but also the cast, which is Liam Neeson, Jessica Lange, John Hurt, mm. Tim Roth. Um, Eric Stoltz, for some reason. <laughs> He's just there doing his thing. He doesn't last long. And, yeah. Bri- and Brian Cox. And, oh, it's so good. And it's short, and I like it. And f- fuck. The, I, can, I just, can I just say, the only reason I didn't recommend Rob Roy is because I figured you Because you knew would. I was going to. Because you do the same year gimmick, and I thought there's no way he's not recommending Rob Roy. I had um, a backup in case you did Rob Roy. Oh, really? What, what, what was your backup? Casino. Casino's good, but see, ninety five was ninety five was such a great year because mm-hmm. in addition to Rob Roy and Casino that you just mentioned, and we also earlier we were talking about uh, Leaving Las Vegas came out this year, um, Dead Man Walking came out this year, Nixon, yep. Um, yep. Seven, which I think is my favorite movie from this year. Seven came out. Yeah, this year, Seven came out. Su- yeah. Seven is such a great goddamn movie. And uh, so, yeah, there, I mean, and, and, and Apollo 13 that we've talked about. So, I mean, it, yep. this was a great year for movies. Braveheart. And Braveheart won Best Picture. And, yeah, yep. it's, it's and, and <laughs> Mel Gibson won Best Director for it, which is ridiculous. But if you want to watch people with real Scottish accents oh. do stuff. <laughs> Rob Roy is such a good movie. Rob Roy is a fantastic it's such movie. such a good movie. So go see it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a plot. Steve, since you brought up Robin Hood, you now have to make a terrible choice. <laughs> Steve has to pick from three movies that I've selected. He doesn't know what those movies are, and he's going to pick the next one we're going to review. Steve, A, B, or C. I love that this is supposedly punishment for me mentioning Robin Hood. It's always been a punishment. I've just never said it out loud. Steven? <laughs> I'm going to say B. I'm going to say B. Wow, you did that quick. 
He didn't even let me get out that they're all related to one actor. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still saying B, but go ahead. Tell me what the okay, <laughs> tell, great. tell me what the, well, the common all the movies are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Movies. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay. I don't think we've done one since Commando. I know we did. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we did Commando, and I, that might have been the last one. Yeah. I think that's the only one we've done. That's right, because we've never done like a Terminator. Oh no, movie we yet. did Conan. We did Conan. We did. Yeah, we did Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So, so Schwarzenegger. Had you chosen A, we would have watched Total Recall. Ooh. Had you done C, we would have done Predator. Ooh. But you chose B, a sequel. Oh, boy. One of those few sequels that is kind of better than the first movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a James Cameron joint. Is it? It is. And it may actually be a James Cameron movie that I like. <gasps> The next movie that we're going to review is the sci-fi classic, Terminator 2. Oh, I like it. So if you guys want to get all the jokes, watch Terminator 2 before our next review. Yeah. Probably don't need to because most of us haven't memorized it. <laughs> I'm betting you've seen it. I'm betting you've seen it. But maybe refresh your memory. <laughs> and that's it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in once again. For late seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. You know... The trouble with Scotland is it's full of Scots. You racist bastard, you. That's what all the Scottish people always say. This is what the Scottish people say, is it? I'm constantly messaging Angus and telling him that. <laughs> I'm saying, you know what? No the, wonder you guys don't talk saying, that much. You know what the, every time he messages me to be like, hey, we're doing a thing. You want to come on and do a thing? I'm like, you know what the problem is with Scotland? You know what the real problem is with Scotland? What? They fucking deep fry everything. <laughs> In Okay, just all right. So in in uh, uh, Infinity War, right? Avengers: Infinity yeah. War. There's just a very brief scene: the Vision and Scarlet Witch walking down the street, talking about their relationship, and they're passing by this closed restaurant. And in the window, it literally says, "We'll deep fry your kebab." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought. Either they have a very savvy set decorator, or it's just fucking filmed in Scotland. It's because, just on location. Jesus. <laughs> but I'm serious, Scotland. Eat some vegetables, please. Yeah, and don't please. deep fry them. Well, they can... Well, yeah, that's not good. Don't deep fry celery. That doesn't do Eat some good. fresh vegetables, or steam it or something, or, you know, grill it. Like, don't, don't deep fry it. Or just eat it raw. Just eat vegetables it. Just, are good raw. Just, just pull it out of the ground and eat it raw like the ignorant, musky <laughs> pig farmers that you all are, judging by Jesus Braveheart. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, the Late City Podcast would like to apologize for everything Steve Shives has said about the great uh, great nation the of Scotland. The noble Scots. The noble Scottish people. Of, of whom I am descended, by the way. I have. I, I am Me of Scottish Me too, lineage, but so. you got to shut your mouth, goddammit. It's different what I said. I'm one of you. Yeah, you look it, yeah, don't you? I'm super Scottish. Everybody can tell. <laughs> I don't know what the Shives tartan looks like. <laughs> Dad, what's our tartan look like? Shut up. <laughs> it's been taken away from us. That's why we live in America now. <laughs> we, were, we were banished in disgrace. It's why our name is a slang word in Scotland. Hey, you Shives that up, didn't you? What is it a slang word for? Marks you leave on a toilet seat. Oh. No, shut up. Oh, get in there. Clean up those shaves. We've got company. I wish we would hadn't put that out there, but it's out there now. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. This is nearly two and a half hours long. Yeah. Golly. Uh, you know. That's more than enough bile. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.